My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And it's the WNR 155 Part 3 today, where we're going to watch two Raws and two Nitros. Before we get on to anything, let's start with the alternate intro. So the alternate intro. When I wake up in the morning and the alarm goes out of the morning and I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I grab my books and I give myself a look, I'm at the caller just in time to see the bus fly by. It's alright, can I say by the bell? That was awful, but still, I tried. <coughs> what about the proper intro, Dan? Enough for the proper intro, James. In 1998, WWE and WCW were locked in a ratings war. Their shows, Raw and Nitro, went head-to-head on Mondays. The WNR podcast goes back 20 years right in the middle of the battle. We've followed the war since the inception of Nitro, but now with the Attitude Era getting going and WCW at its peak, it's the perfect time to follow it month to month. This is WWE versus WCW, the Monday Night Wars for April 1998. Well, on the last episode, we have just watched Spring Stampede, but now we start with the WF and they're building up towards their own pay-per-view, which is Unforgiven. So it's April 20th, 1998. The show opens with a recap from last week. The entire episode was a huge tease for an Austin McMahon match. That never happened because Dude Love came out and went nuts after getting Mr. McMahon. He tried to give the owner a mandible claw, but then went ahead and gave it to Austin. When that proved too difficult, Austin already having an arm tie behind his back, as I stipulated earlier, JR asked why, and it seems as though we're going And it seems as though the answer will be given tonight. I'm guessing. Well, I mean, I had my fingers in his mouth, so I figured at that point there was no turning back, right? Uh, Daddy-o. Sorry, I forgot how he talks for a second. Fireworks go off and Jim Ross introduces the show, coming out of Long Island's Nassau Coliseum. Michael Cole's also at the announcer's table for some reason. JR mentions that Stone Cold Steve Austin has said he will kick the shit out of Vincent Mann tonight. They throw it to Kevin Kelly, reporting from the cemetery where Kane and the Undertaker's parents were buried. He says Kane and Paul Bear were seen there early in the day and that the Undertaker's on his way. They'll break into the program whenever they start beating the shit out of each other. The camera cuts to a weird shot of a lava lamp, bursts through the curtain, which is actually one of those hippie bead curtains, and dances around, while JR mentioned he is surprisingly the number one contender for Austin's WWF Championship belt. Also set up a fake hippie bus that says Love Shack, and some inflatable chair. Dude grabs a mic. 
Ow, have mercy! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Love Shack, the hip new chat show that has Oprah looking out and Letterman looking out for the better man. Is that a Pearl Jam reference? Vincent Mann walks out and immediately kicks over on the inflatable chairs like a real buzzkill arsehole. Dude asks his main man what he's doing there, and Vince grabs the mic. With one arm tied behind <clears throat> With one arm tied behind his back, I had an opportunity to humiliate and embarrass Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you prevented that. You interfered, and for that, I'm finding you the sum of $5,000. Don't ever, ever interfere in my business again. Well, he has to back the mic and leave. Dude, excuse me if a man's action as part of a and might be through an emotional week. Dude says he's gotten tons of letters from fans asking, why, dude, why? He explains that he was merely trying to create a little bit of peace, love, and understanding. But then, he says, Austin made him the victim of a sucker attack from behind. He asked why his soulmate and former tag team partner would betray him like that. Well, he blames the chicks. Apparently, dude was a chip magnet back when they were tag team champions. And Stone Cold was apparently pussy repeller. Jude mentions he's got a match with Steve Blackman tonight. But he's willing to forget his match with Austin if Austin grovels tonight. Which will never, ever happen. He talks some shit about how easy it was to kick Austin's ass and then leaves. Why did he set up the love shack, by the way? Just so McMahon could nonchalantly kick over one of its chairs. Well, the nation of domination music kicks on. They come down through the crowd for a Long Island street fight, which means anything. They've got tons of weapons with them, including a beer keg. Farouk's the opponent, and for his sake, I hope he's got friends. The show takes a break, and when it returns, Farouk's in the ring. The nation's on the ramp, and Karma's getting his ass kicked. Backstage, Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman are shown arguing with Gerald Briscoe and Commissioner S. Laughter while holding weapons themselves. Well, I don't know what's going on, but I guess this match has started. So here we go. So Farouk has got the baseball bat. We've seen a lot of baseball bats recently, haven't we? But now he's got the belt and he's whipping Karma. Of course, Karma part of the nation kicked out Farouk just a couple of weeks ago. Farouk does not seem happy about it. And he sends Karma into the barricade. Farouk is pissed off about what's gone on. <laughs> well, if it goes, now he's got a beer keg. Oh, right into Karma. Is that an NWO t-shirt he's wearing? That must be a nation. And now Karma's trying to get up and Farouk's got a trash can. But he's wearing an FTW top. And he rips Farouk's t-shirt off. Now Farouk down. And Karma's got the... That's not hammer, is it? He has and he hits Farouk over the back with a hammer. It is not Van Hammer. Oh my god. Farouk's got a trash can and right down on Farouk's back. Karma's got a trash can right down on Farouk's back. Nation looking on through the ramp. Now can the uh, ex-leader get some retribution on the nation? <coughs> god, look at my team. Karma dropping the elbow onto them injured ribs of Farouk that are heavily taped. Well, that was their beat down that they did last week, wasn't it? Tackling him like street thugs outside, left him laying. And look at the rock. So cocky, so cool. Oh, Karma looking for a big splash, but Farouk got his knees up straight into the ribs of Karma. And now that is Karma for you. Struggling to breathe, get to his feet. Of course, everything goes. Karma stops him there. The godfather of the nation of domination. I thought... <laughs> JR says, and maybe exactly that change of character. Fruit trying to fight back, but I raked by Karma. Now Karma working over Farouk, who's in the corner. I mean, if the former leader can't beat a, a normal member like Karma, 
How can he beat anyone like The Rock? This is the thing, isn't it? And uh, Unforgiven, it's going to be Farouk with a couple of partners going against the nation. And, I mean, he doesn't stand a chance here. The Rock just looking on. You can see why maybe they decided to change it. The old line is going out. Karma's been in control. Oh, wow. Karma looking to drop his weight onto the back of Farouk for a third time. But Farouk's, Farouk's spinning over as Karma was in the air. And a knee straight to the testiculars. Now through Irish whipping Karma in the corner, but Karma reverses. Oh, close lines Farouk as he bounces out the corner. And Commissioner S. Laughter and the referees making sure that the rest of the nation don't approach Farouk and Karma. <laughs> Karma going for the cover, but Farouk managing to kick out. Have uh. a bag candy floss, please, mate. And Karma's got that hammer, but Farouk's taking his boat off in the corner. Karma does this. Bang! Right in a kisser. Khan walks right into the boat of Farouk. Farouk with a beautiful spine buster. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. Oh, Farouk gets it. And the former leader of the nation wins. And it's a statement for Sunday. Nation looking to get down, but they're getting stopped. Backstage, Generation X watch footage of the time. They peed all over the DOA's motorcycles. Everyone starts asking Triple H why he didn't pee on anything since he's always talking about how big his dick is. He threatens to whip it out for some reason. Everyone else thinks, dude. And then Billy Gunn is like, do it on camera. And then he says he should give everyone a little shower of some sort. He's kept it vague enough that he can actually be daring Triple H to jack off on television. Wait, what the fuck am I watching here? They shake on it and I'm really worried. I accidentally downloaded one of those Triple X parodies. Yeah, well, <laughs> JR says, Helsey's going to expose himself tonight and, and, and urinate on the crowd. The show takes the break on that line. It comes back on a promo package teasing Jeff Jarrett's upcoming performance, backed by country legends Sawyer Brown, whoever that is. Why is this happening? <laughs> anyway, the package wraps up and Degeneration's music kicks on. JR and Michael Cole talk about Helms JR and Michael Cole talk about how Helmsley is going to expose himself like there's anyone like there's nothing anyone can do about it and it's like an execution. Well Triple H is wearing a raincoat in order to get that special pervert flavour. X Pac grabs the mic and yells at the crowd to a big reaction, though it's hard to say how much positive and how much negative. He hands the mic to Triple H. Triple H says Triple H says you know, last week, DOA talked some trash. They rode in here on some brass, and they left here with their heads shoved up their ass. <laughs> well, Road Dog Jesse James takes the mic and does his ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, shouldn't have all ages, and then he says, we are rocking with the Dean, we're rolling with the X all night long. He moves on to talk about polishing turds. <laughs> well, how many times have I said that? <laughs> all right, move on to polishing turds now. He moves on to talk about polishing turds and calls the Legion of Doom doo-doo. Triple H calls Sonny Skanky and tries to get a skanky chant going. Next up, Owen Hart. Triple H says it's cool if China gets put in a cage above the ring during their match Unforgiven. Wait, is that a thing? I haven't been paying attention, but that sounds insane. But she's probably going to rip open the bars and decapitate him. Triple H says for all you ladies out there, don't worry about taking a little Sunday drive to Montuck Lighthouse because Triple H has got his tower and it's brick thick and it's made for a chick. I think he might actually say made for a chicken, but I'm not against doing a little punch up for Helmsley's benefit. Helmsley makes to leave and Gunn says he's forgotten that it's time 
for show and tell. They huddle up and I think it's a circle jerk. Right, so here we go. Let's watch them circle jerking each other off then. He is. He's off off. Triple H's got a huge penis and that's what they're doing, degenerates. Trying to have a good old look. Trying to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> <coughs> laughing. Look, that's disgusting. Uh, what is that they got? It's like a water pistol. And shit out in the crowd. They're just goofing around. And they get interrupted. Uh, DX. Saying to LOD, come on, bring it. Right, so they start, yeah. So Hawk comes out down, what's he say? DX. Well. <laughs> now Hawk says, we're a lot like you, except we always do what we say we're going to do. And tonight, we're not going to talk the talk. No. We're going to walk the walk. Triple H says, don't sing it, bring it. Wordsmith of all you, LOD and Owen walk down the ramp, but Commissioner S. Laughter catches them halfway down there and stops them. So it says, there's a time and there's a place for you to set all differences. In fact, I think this is a time, and Nassau Coliseum is a place. As As Commissioner of the World Wrestling Federation, I'm ordering a six-man tag team match right here on Raw. It's lucky this happened, because now we've got... A and Triple H says, I've got two words for you, everybody. Suck it! LOD goes backstage. Elsewhere, Vincent Man paces and gets handed something to drink by some lady. Back in the ring, a few New York Jets get sprayed by the water gun. The show takes a break, and then the headbangers take to the ring. Well, Kevin Kelly breaks into say the Undertaker's just a few minutes away from the cemetery. Well, Jim Cornette accompanies Dan the Mustache Severin to the ring to kick the shit out of both headbangers. Yeah, Mosh, Mosh, fuck me. Mosh versus NWA World Heavyweight Champion Dan the Mustache Severin with Jim Cornette for the title, I guess. <clears throat> Cole calls Mosh a great amateur wrestler, which seems wildly insulting to a WWF superstar, yet also accurate. Severin tosses Mosh around several times. Mosh attempts to throw Mosh attempts Mosh attempts a throw of his own but gets distracted by Severin's hypnotic mustache. Severin throws in Mosh and JR says the Undertaker's just arrived at the cemetery. Severin continues to crunch Mosh. JR says he's been told there's a big problem at the cemetery, and Severin gets Mosh in an armbar. Mosh submits. Let's get to the cemetery. <laughs> JR tosses it to Kelly, who says as soon as the Undertaker arrived, he immediately turned around to leave. Kelly heard a blood-curdling scream from inside the cemetery and said they sent crew members up there to see what the fuck's up. Then the Undertaker runs over, grabs Kelly by the collar and starts yelling in his face. Where are they? No. He says, where are they? Where are they? He seems to be choking Kelly out at the same time and all we hear back is gurgling. <laughs> you are there, James. You're choking. <laughs> The show cuts away, and when it comes back, Kelly is by himself again. Well, he says, obviously, he came to me looking for answers, and I didn't have any. I can only speculate right now that he's headed back to the arena. So the Undertaker's parents are buried on Long Island. Isn't he supposed to be from Death Valley or something? And why is Kelly talking like Undertaker stuck a finger up his ass or something? Well, back at Nassau, Goldust and Luna walk to the ring. Luna yells, Sooner and Label... Luna yells into a microphone at Sable. Guess what? Luna plans to win the evening gown match at Unforgiven. Somehow this will also turn Sable insane. Bradshaw heads down to the ring. First things first, he kicks Goldust in the face. So it's Goldust with Luna versus Bradshaw. Well, Bradshaw continues ploughing into Goldust, whipping him with his chaps and dropping him on his ass. 
Goldust leaves the ring and Bradshaw chases him while Luna makes weird frog noises. <laughs> he slams Goldust into the apron and they get back in the ring. Goldust, Goldust finally fights back and lifts a boot to Bradshaw's face. Then clotheslines him to the mat a couple of times. He slams Bradshaw into the turnbuckle but Bradshaw bounces right back with an elbow to the face and a Russian leg sweep. Well, Goldust evades an elbow drop and then slaps Bradshaw's head into the mat with a DDT. Uh. Luna gets in there and chokes Bradshaw on the ropes while the ref yells at Goldust for doing the same thing. JR and Cole discuss how Austin's going to kick McMahon's ass at some point tonight and Cole thinks McMahon might actually win the fight. Goldust continues in control of the match for a while but then goes for a crossbody block and gets caught and slammed to the mat. Bradshaw starts clotheslining back and forth into the opposite corners then signals for a finisher which, which JR calls a clothesline from hell. But then out of nowhere... Club Kamikaze attack and get the match thrown out. He swats a few of them away, but the three-on-one advantage wins out and they take him down. They hold him down for a big senton and then run away through the audience. JR wonders why they picked Bradshaw and nobody knows. Well, backstage, Austin arrives. The show takes a break and shows a slam of the week, which is McMahon slapping Austin in the face of the previous week. Seems hyperbolic. <laughs> To call it a slam, really. But I bet it pissed off every single viewer at the time. And, oh, time... Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, and it's time for Warzone. The theme music gets cut short when Austin makes his entrance. My God. He takes the ring, greets the crowd, and quickly grabs the mic. He recaps last week's events with McMahon. He accuses McMahon of lying about not knowing who Austin's opponent would be at Unforgiven. Austin says, dude, love of McMahon have been conspiring against him. Look how pissed off Austin looks now. So well, Austin says, if you think it was a conspiracy, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah! That's exactly what I thought. Well, Austin says, Dulove can beat his ass when he's got an arm tied behind his back, but Austin will always get back up and send it right back to him. He says, Unforgiven is just a bit too long to wait. He gets his hands on Vincent Mann and Dude Love tonight. He tosses a mic away and leaves the ring, ready to get to work. But first, he chases the photographer around the ring and scares the shit out of Howard Finkel and the timekeeper. He storms around the arena a bit, scaring everyone. He almost throws a cameraman off the stage on his way out. So Austin means business here tonight. You can see it in his steely blue eyes. Well, Cherry Funk and Two Cold Scorpio, formerly Flash Funk, enter the ring in the parking lot. Enter the ring. <laughs> Flash Funk. <laughs> come on, come on, get it together, James. Sorry. Come on. I think it'll work. Go on. Flash Funk and Two Cold Scorpio. Flash, no. <laughs> Third time lucky. Come on. Uh, Come on. Terry Funk. (laughs) (laughs) Terry Funk and Two Cold Scorpio, formerly Flash Funk, enter the ring. In the parking lot, a hearse arrives. Jerry the King Lawler, who has replaced Michael Cole at the announcer table, believes it to be The Undertaker. But JR thinks it's too soon for him to arrive. Back in the ring, the Midnight Express have arrived, joined by Jim Cornette and Dan the Mustache Severum. So it's Terry Funk and Two Cold Scorpio versus NWA Tag Team Champions in the Midnight Express, but they should bob and bombastic bar with Jim Cornette and Dan, the Mustache Severin, non-title match. Terry Funk tags in, he slaps his shit out of Bob, but Bob fights out and tags in Bart. The announcers discuss whether or not Austin's conspiracy theory is valid, and King suggests McMahon's fire Austin in a fireside chat. Get it? <laughs> Bart and Bob stomp Terry around while he is soon... <clears throat> Bart and Bob stomp Terry around. Bart and Bob stomp Terry around a while, but he soon tags in Scorpio, who cleans house and signals for his 450 splash. 
but stops him in his tracks with a massive gut wrench slam. Well, the ref gets distracted by Terry still being alive, and Bob gives Scorpio a par driver. Terry gets in the ring and gets one, two, and then they get outside and drop his face onto the ring apron. 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 Scorpio takes a running leap and flies into Bob and Bart, taking them both out. He throws Bob back into the ring and goes out for a moonsault, but Bob lifts his knees and Scorpio eats it. Bob puts him on the top rope for a suplex, but Scorpio throws him off and goes for a 450 splash. It lands, but Dan Severin gets in the ring and lets Scorpio complete his pin. So the new Midnight Express lose. Severin attacks Scorpio and puts him in an arm lock. Then Terry throws a chair in the ring and scares everyone away. Back in the parking lot, the hearse is still backing up. Might go fast if it went forward. After break, we see another Val Venus promo. He's in the shower for this one. Oh, nice. Sable walks to the ring wearing a sparkly dress. Michael Cole meets her in the ring for an interview. King says if God had, wom- uh, King said if God had wanted women to cover their bodies, he'd give them free hands. What? <laughs> well, uh, Cole reminds Sable of when Luna humiliated her last week by beating up Goldust just as Sable. Cole quotes Luna's threat earlier in the show when she says she would strip Sable's grotesque body of everything, including her undergarments. He says the evening gown match isn't about winning or losing, it's about humiliation. What a great thing to put your company behind. Well, Sable goes on to say, Michael, does this body look like it could humiliate me? I don't think so. The naked truth is, I couldn't care less whether Luna stripped me of every stitch of my clothes on my body. As long as I get my hands on her, I couldn't care less if I'm wearing anything or nothing at all. Well, backstage, the hearse finally opens and Paul Bearer and Kane walk out. Just as the back opens up, the show cuts to commercial. When it returns, Cole... When it returns... (laughs) When it returns, Cole stands by with Vince McMahon asking about those conspiracy allegations. Well, McMahon says, I would suggest that Mr. Austin has been watching too many Oliver Stone movies and quite frankly, I didn't... I don't want to dignify that with a response. Cole asks for a response on Austin's threat. My man says he was ready last week and he'll be ready this week. Well, D-Generation X enter the ring. Airy and own heart follow. D-Generation X, Triple H, the New Age Outlaws, Road Dog Jesse James and Badass Billy Gunn with China and X-Pac versus Owen Hart and the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal with Sonny in a six-man tag team match. Well, Billy Gunn and Owen Hart start it off. Gunn getting in some cheap shots and Owen getting in some powerful slams. Gunn tags in Triple H and Triple H gets a few times, gets hit a few times and escapes. He tags in Road Dog and Hawk tags out Owen. Dog gets closed on a few times and Hawk grabs his hand to do something and Dog screams in agony, getting the ref to force a break. Animal tags in and gets poked in the eye. Dog tags Gunn who kicks Animal in the stomach several times, then tags in Triple H and holds Animal steady for a kick in the ribs. Triple H goes to work on Animal. Animal fights out and power slams Triple H, then slows it down with a wrist lock. He tags in Owen, but Triple H escapes and tags out. The show breaks, and when it returns, Owen is steamrolling Billy Gunn. Gunn catches a lucky break with a rocker dropper, and then tags in Triple H. Owen fights back and almost gets Triple H in a sharpshooter, but can't lock it. He lands an inseguri, though, and when he manages the sharpshooter, Road Dog distracts the ref and Billy Gunn DDTs Owen, getting Triple H the chance to tag out. Dog capitalises on Owen, but he doesn't go for a cover. Irish whip from Owen throws Triple H into a corner. Triple H catches a leg, but Owen hits an inseguri. Looks for the sharpshooter again. Road Dog in. DDT hits Owen with the... Billy Gunn hits Owen. Does it go for the cover, though? 
Nah, why doesn't he go for the cover? Billy Gunn hits Owen Hart with a DDT. And Rodog just going right hands instead of going for the pin. Maybe he just wants to beat Owen Hart, Owen Hart up a little bit. Of course, Owen Hart faces Triple H, unforgiven for the European title. And we get a bit of shake, rattle and knee drop from Road Dog, Looking for the cover, but doesn't go for it. Goes for a second shake, rattle and knee drop. This time goes for the cover. Shoots the half. Ooh. Owen managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Owen showing his toughness and Road Dog getting a little bit frustrated. Triple H calling the shots in ring there. Road Dog, Owen Hart. Clothesline by Rodog. Little double clothesline attempt from the New Age Outlaws, but Owen catches them both with a kick. And now Owen desperate to get a tag. Doesn't matter which one of the LAD he's going to tag in. Oh, Sonny, making sure he's there. Owen Kenny, yes. Manages to get a tag to Animal, who goes running through the whole of DX. And now we're watching Pointless Celebrities. Things that come in groups of six. Kids. <laughs> yeah, Animal clear out the ring. Owen, Hawk and Owen now going out in there too. They're getting things cleared out. Triple H gets dumped. And now Animal's got Road Dog. Hawk clotheslined. Animal follows up. Triple H into the stairs. Oh, they're going to hoist Road Dog up for the doomsday device. Road Dog's in serious trouble now. Here comes. There's x looking at Sunny in China's there. Idiots holding their fucking signs up there. Oh, and China's got saved at Sunny. My word. The ref's distracted. Well, Doomsday device, but now China run away. She's mine. Oh, my God. And now Xbox in with a chair. Oh. Hits Animal. Billy Gunn with a seated pile driver goes for the cover. Referee's going to count. One, two, three. And DX with the win. And now China <laughs> letting go of Sunny because DX. Think China won. and Hulk would actually be a good couple. <laughs> Why? They're just both fucking loonies and they're both dead. <laughs> well, Sunny's thrown back in. She was startled there by China, but DX walked away the victory. I mean, what do you think of that, Dan? That was a bit of a crazy uh, finishing, wasn't it? Yeah. Not your classic style of wrestling. No, not your classic style, but a new kind of attitude, would you say, for the WWF here. And D-Generation X being really heavily mentioned, you know. Uh, so it's all a good thing. And up next, we are back by the hearse and Kane and Paul Bearer stand over a coffin that looks recently dug up. Bearer. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Bearer says, oh, yes, Kane. Undertaker's going to be so surprised. What a glorious day. Mummy and Daddy. He gestures at the box in front of them and one inside the hearse. They start wheeling Mama away from the car. The show breaks and when it returns, the lights go dark. Bearer arrive. Caskets already on the stage. Bearer mentions the fire the Undertaker's parents died in. Wait, so why are there caskets here? They must be empty, right? And say those caskets are for your funeral for Undertaker's parents since he never got to go to the real one. Well, Bearer says, look at the cheap caskets they were buried in. I picked the cheapest pine boxes I could find. They've been in the ground for 20 years, worm-infested and rotten. All because of you, Undertaker. You know, those boxes look pretty good for 20 years of decay, by the way. The lights go out and the Undertaker music starts. He rides near the ring and starts coming towards Bearer 
and Kane, and Bera tell Kane to pour the gas. Kane empties a gas can onto the caskets, and Bera orders Undertaker to stop, which he does. Bera holds the light and drops it onto one of the boxes, sending Undertaker into a fury. Oh, no, fuck it. We'll just call it like this, innit? So here's the Undertaker. Look at what Kane's doing. Pouring the petrol all over the caskets of his mum and his dad. And what a heinous act this is. And Paul Bearer telling him to stop. He's got a light. Oh, no. Paul Bearer, you sick bastard. Oh, my God. That casket's on fire. Oh. oh. And Kane chokes Sam's Undertaker into the other casket. So Mama's burning and Dad's been smashed into. Sickening by Kane and Paul Bearer here. I mean, are there dead bodies in there, Dan? Holy shit. Well, if they was burnt, there can't really be much left of them. Well, Bearer cackles... Oh, look, there's bones in oh, there. Oh, shit. Well, Bearer cackles maniacally, telling the Undertaker he's in his mother's casket, and they leave. The camera does a close-up on a bone underneath the Undertaker's body. As the show goes to a break, we see worms in the casket writhing around. Uh, but... Well, anyway, (laughs) moving on, Michael Cole backstage tells us that the remains have been transported to a secure area, and Undertaker's with them, just in case they get any worse. Can't get any worse, can it? I was actually a bit worried about what had happened to the remains. Well, McMahon walks out to the announcer's table and grabs a headset. Steve Blackman comes to the ring for the next match. King says he doesn't see Austin anywhere, and McMahon's all like, pish, don't hold your breath. Dude Love arrives. So it's Steve Blackman versus Dude Love. McMahon talks up Dude Love. McMahon talks up his Dude Love Austin decision. And JR asks him about the conspiracy. Must be a conspiracy against him. Since Dude Love showed up just as he was about to kick Austin's ass. Well Dude Love and Blackman style it up. And Blackman takes the lead. While McMahon says something catastrophic will occur at Unforgiven. Uh, McMahon it's your company. Don't you want to prevent catastrophes? Well, anyway, McMahon says he'll be at ringside for some of the event, including the WWF Championship match. Dude Love takes the lead for a moment, then Blackman fights back and continues to dominate Dude. JR said he's suspicious of McMahon's comments that he'll be back announcing at ringside and something catastrophic will happen, which is a money-back guarantee. And McMahon acts like that shit ain't weird. So Dude Love now... Leaving the ring, and he is number one contender. It will be Dude Love versus uh, Steve Austin at Unforgiven. But Blackman's only got one loss on his record, and that's to J A double F, J A double R E double T, Dan. So he might be a worthy challenge. We've got Dude Love on the side headlock now. Dude Love going to send Blackman into the corner. Oh, over Blackman reverses it, rolls up. Dude Love only gets a two. Two. <coughs> Blackman now with a combination of punches. Irish whipping dude. I think Love's trying to escape. But he gets stopped by Steve Blackman who throws him back into the ring. Oh, and dude capitalised on that. Knocking Blackman down. Kick to the face. And this is a different man to the whack of mankind. This is a fun-loving guy. He just wants to make the world a more loving place. And there he is doing his hypnotic dancing. Oh, swinging neck breaker there by Dude. Goes for the cover. And Blackman managing to kick out. Oh. Uh-huh. And Blackman reverses it into a snap suplex. And then a clothesline down. And Blackman going to work on Dude. Dropping his head to the shoulder of Dude Love there. Blackman there getting caught. 
Well, Blackman looking for his own abdominal stretch, but it gets reversed by Dude Love. And Dude Love's got it in, and oh, bell rings. Blackman is furious, immediately arguing with the referee since he didn't even come close to giving up. But he has been declared a loser. Ref seems confused, declares Dude Love the winner, and Blackburn goes to beat up the timekeeper. Let's see what he does to Mark Eaton now. My man's saying, be cool, be professional. And he just threw a non-wrestler there. That's just a timekeeper. But man's going to have to get up and do something about this in a minute. Um, man expresses some disgust and goes to the ramp to check on the timekeeper. Then Austin... Fl- oh, hang on. <laughs> We're not seeing Austin. Oh, my God. It comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. I didn't expect that. No, he's flying out here right after Dude Love. Go, runs through him. Gets McMahon, throws him to the mat. <laughs> starts kicking him. Oh, Timmy, what's up in the melee? Well, Austin promised that he'd get his hands on Dude Love and Vincent Mann, and he is right now. Oh, throws Dude Love to one side, picks up a steel chair. Oh, oh d- but gets taken out by Dude. And now Vincent Mann's got jacket off, middle of the ring. He's furious. Strutting around the ring there. And Austin beating the hell out of Dude Love. Austin's in the ring now. And Patson and Briscoe there to protect him. Boom oh. to Pat. No, not Pat, not Briscoe. Stunner to Briscoe. Stunner to Patterson. <laughs> the Stooges. Dude Love grabs Austin from behind as he was just going to go and pursue McMahon. Yeah, Vince who walks not, off. Yeah. My man's like, yeah, I'm all right now. Don't need to bother. And JR asks, is Vince McMahon going to screw Austin out of title? Like Austin screwed Bret Hart. That's what they're basically saying here. Dude sent by Austin. Austin's not finished with McMahon, though. <coughs> As he goes in hot pursuit as the show closes. Ah, brilliant stuff there overall, wasn't it, you know? Indeed, yes. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I think the promos were great. I think even the matches have started to prove a little bit. The DX match, I think, was a good one. The fruit one at the start was a mistake. So, Unforgiven, In Your House, was the next pay-per-view that WWF had. Yes, In Your House, name from the WWF. It took place April 26th, 1998, at the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. It was the first WWF pay-per-view to use that new Scratch logo for the promotional work, which had first appeared on the ring apron at WrestleMania 14. This event saw the first Inferno match and the WWF's first evening gown match. Yeah. So, forgiven, let's go through the results quickly, and we're going to look at a couple of... Um... Evening gown match? No, we're not going to look at the evening gown match. We're going to look at the... the puppy. Uh... No, I know, I know, I know. We're going to watch a bit of the Inferno match. Just the end of it, anyway. So both men fighting it. And you can see, we know about Inferno matches. Explain to anybody that's never seen one before. Uh, the round's surrounded by... The ring is surrounded by fire. And any time they make an impact on the mat, the flames go higher. So Untaker's got Kane up for a suplex. What's going to happen? Woof! The flames go higher. So, But it's very, very limited, limited to what you can do. There's not really a lot of Irish rips and stuff like this. And you can see that there. And Untaker, close on the can. You see the heinous actions that he's done. All right, go and kick us off then, Dan, with Unforgiven. Was The Nation, D'Lo Brown, Mark Henry and The Rock with Carmen Mustafa going against Farouk, Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman. And Farouk, Shamrock and Blackman won. Six-man tag match. So, yeah, I mean, that was a, like we talked about, like we saw... Uh, Farouk beating Karma and then teaming up with Shamrock and Blackman they beat the nation it's not a great start for the nation and Triple H with DX defended the European title against Owen Hart 
with Cage, uh, Cage, with China above the ring in a, in a shark cage. But again, she did bend the cage and get out of it to uh, help Triple H. So they won. The new Midnight Express, Bodacious Bart and Bombastic Bob with Jim Cornette, defeated the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson in a tag team match for the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Yep, Luna beat Sable in the evening gown match. Can't we just watch the end bit? No, we can't match that. The New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn and Road Dog defeated LOD 2000, Animal and Hawk with Sonny in a tag team match for the WWF Tag Team Championship. And this is the Inferno match we're watching now. And after that superplex, The Undertaker has thrown Kane right over the top rope. And I don't know how he can get back in or Undertaker can get out. You can see the new scratch logo. It looks neater, doesn't it? That WWF has got it on turnbuckles around the ropes. Away... I'm walking away. We don't want none. And oh, wait a minute. Who is that? Well, I think, if I'm right, it's returning Vader. The man who got his face smashed in by Kane in February. He's back for a bit of retribution, beating Kane up. Oh, my word. Both men taking shots at each other. And the Undertaker flying over the top rope, taking out both men. I mean, what a visual that is. Undertaker basically leaping clear of the flames. Taking out his brother. And Paul Barrett, I think it looks a bit sick, but he's got a steel chair in hand. And the Undertaker right hand to Kane. Well, Paul Bearer hits Undertaker while he was attacking Kane. Undertaker, literally no effect on him. Bearer drops the chair and runs away and Undertaker picks it up and just starts beating away at Kane. <laughs> uh, it serves him right. Kane might be out here. He's doing a Titus O'Neil at the moment. And the Undertaker now chasing Paul Bearer down after everything that he's done to him. Well, Undertaker doesn't need to run fast at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Paul Bearer just waddles. Waddles away. He's going up to that stage where Jeff Jarrett performed earlier. Fantastic, we should say. No, you should say. Oh, yeah, should say. Don't bring me into this shit. Bearer can't get off the stage. And he's got the drum kit. Oh! <laughs> Tickle his belly. <laughs> well, symbols crash. And uh, <laughs> the drum kit just over Paul Bearer's head. So we can see a fat man get beaten up by a dead man, but we can't see Sable getting a dress ripped off her. Oh, God almighty. No, we're watching just... the Undertaker here. Signaling in the end. Paul Bearer in serious trouble. Oh, Paul Bearer busted wide open. How? The jump kit over the head. I thought that man sweats gravy, personally. Or bleeds gravy. No, he is busted. Ser- serious. Crimson mask. The Undertaker's finished with Bearer and he's going back to Kane. How do you think Kane feels? He's got a massive mask on. Oh, no! Kane's finally recovered. Hits Undertaker with a chair to the midsection. Goes for a second attempt. Oh, my God. Kane's hand's on the fire. It's on the fire. Kane's on fire, man. And where the hell's Kane going? Well, the Undertaker wins. The Undertaker sets his brother Kane on fire. Quite incredible. So you might say, Kane's on fire, baby. He's on fire, baby. And up next is the WF Touch. It is Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Dude Love. We go to it with about five minutes left. We see a replay will show Mark Eaton looking at Vincent Mann. Will he be screwed here? 
Well, Vincent Mann at ringside, he said he would be, wouldn't he? He said indeed. And he would said that indeed. And Austin pointing at my man's going to pile drive, dude. Oh. No. Dude, love with a the backdrop there, sending Austin to the concrete. He didn't even get the way for thin mats. And now they come all the way to the outside. Dude, love looking at suplex. Austin, but Austin, oh my God. Suplex on those steel stairs. Break the kneecap. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We have never, ever seen anything like that before or since. And look at Dude, just get, trying to go over the barricade now. Austin following with a piston-like right hand. Rights and lefts, even. Rights and lefts, rights and lefts. Oh, my God, throws Dude back in. He hits the fucking timekeeper's table. Austin's saying to Dude, get up. Get up. I don't think he can. Throws him back in the ring, though. Going to finish him with a stunner. Oh, my God. You see the replay of that on the stairs. Sickening. But Dude Love managed to get a net breaker on Austin. Now Dude's up. And it looks like he might be going for sweet shin music. And he's going to set up the dreaded double-arm DDT or love handles. Oh, and he's got it in Austin. Like, blocking it. Goes line, dude, blocking it. Austin switches it around. Do love clotheslines referee, not Stone Cold. But no, Stone Cold with the right hands. And he's got the dude, Irish whip. Dude reverses. Goes for the clothesline. Austin now. Stella, no, oh, dude love dude reverses it. Manimal claw now by dude love. He's got Austin. Look at my man. He's loving it at ringside. Austin trying to fight this, but it's going to be over. We've got a new... WWF champion, and look at my man going around. Gonna have a look. But Austin fighting back with the right hands. Oh. Low blow by dude, love. My man trying to shake the referee. And he's, dude's got the Madmal Claw into Austin. But man's checking the referee. But I think, oh, Ollie. Oh, Mike Kyoto might be out. But man now. What's he going to do? Is he going to get involved in it somehow? Surely not. Don't call me Shirley. Now, dude, looking for the manual claw. He's going to finish off Steve Austin. He's not even had a successful title defence yet. Oh! And Austin throws dude love over the top and outside to the ring. And Austin now going to go follow dude love. Hell of a wash. Really picked up this last couple of minutes. Oh, and my man's stopping Austin with a chair. Austin, a man fighting. Who's got the strength? Oh. And dude Love pushes a chair into Austin's head. And now Dude's got the chair. He's going to use it on Stone Cold. He comes running in. Oh. oh but Austin spins around, hits a back elbow. Oh, second time. And it goes into Dude Love. Well, Dude Love down. But man, trying to help him up. Stone Cold Steve Austin's got the chair. Oh. Hits both men over the head with it. Well, I don't know if he was aiming for Dude Love or Mr. McMahon, but my man's out. Out like a light. Austin throws Dude back in. Stunner. But referee's still down. One, two, three. Ding, ding, ding. Austin makes the cover himself and the bell rings. So I guess it counts Austin's first title defence. But the controversy there... Is Mr. McMahon being unconscious at ringside? Did Steve Austin actually mean to hit him with a steel chair? 
or not. I mean, McMahon looks in pretty serious trouble. Let's not let's remember now. He is not a trained professional wrestler. He is just a mere chairman of the WWF, and he is still down. There's a stretcher out now. Do love down, and Austin wins. But I think for a first title defense, Steve Austin really brought in that. It was kind of brawling all over. I do love. I kept Rick was not the perfect opponent, but I think pretty close with Stone Cold there. So that is Unforgiven 1998. What are your thoughts on the event, Dan? Puppies! It's just one night after In Your House Unforgiven, and Raw is coming to you this week from Hampton, Virginia. It's April 27th, and it's episode 257. Jim Ross and Michael Carl are at the announcer's table, and JR asks if tonight is the night Vince McMahon finally fires WWF World Heavyweight Champion Stone Cold Steve Austin, who, at Unforgiven, hit Vince with a chair. Also, JR says D-Generation X launched an attack on WWE earlier tonight, as WWE is filming just down the road. That sounds nuts. Earlier today, JR says DX leader Triple H addressed his troops. And now this is one of the famed kind of segments of Prime... The, in the actual era history and everything like this, WWF went that Degeneration went down to invade the WCW. Well, look at that. They're dressed as troops, and this is what Helmsy had to say. Today, today, today we embark on a mission. We have seen the enemy, they are near. So today we will go down there. Down where, sir? Down there! And I do the suck it motion. And we will blow them out of the water. This mission will start at the Norfolk Scope with WCW wrestling and will end right here tonight at Hamptons Roads Coliseum for Raw is war. This is your mission if you choose to accept it, ladies and gentlemen. It will be one for all and all for one. Now, suck it! They get into a military vehicle and Helmsley poses what would later become the famous painting titled Crossing the Hampton Roads. No, the Hampton Roads is the name of the body of water that separates Hampton and Norfolk. Once DX drives off, the camera zooms in on the sign for absolutely no reason. JR says they'll have some shocking footage of DX's assault later tonight. But in the meantime, it's time to start things off on Raw. Yeah, Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock versus the Nation of Domination, the Rock and Mark Henry with D'Lo Brown and Carmen Mustafa. The Rock grabs a mic and says, Finally, The Rock has come to Hampton. And that's it. Really? Anyway, Rock and Owen start things off in the ring. Rock wants Shamrock in there, so Owen tags out. He doesn't leave the ring, though. In fact, he attacks. Yeah, that's right. Owen kicks Shamrock right in the balls and gives him a spinning heel kick to swallow the nation. The nation runs in and beats on Shamrock. Mark Henry flattens him. Owen puts Shamrock's left ankle in a chair and jumps off the ropes twice, stomping that chair. Steve Blackman runs out and gets manhandled by the nation while Owen puts Shamrock in a sharpshooter. Apparently, this hurts. Farouk runs out and he gets dropped. JR, the sole survivor heart, a real black heart. Whoa, whoa, JR, hold up there. He hasn't officially joined the nation yet. A bunch of referees and an assorted other W officials run in to try to break things up. Michael Cole says that last night, when he interviewed Owen after his loss to Helmsley, Owen said he wasn't going to take the losing anymore. Owen bites Shamrock's ear. Owen leaves with the nation and it's time for a commercial break. After a break, Dude Love comes up with some lady friends. Dude says, Austin is one tough cookie. A cookie that Dude chewed up and spat out last night. He says, he sees why people love Austin though. Dude says, last night's match took everything out of him. So when he took the Dudettes back to his room last night, he knew they wanted to get down. But he just told them he needed to be held. (laughs) 
Well, Dugo's on to say that last night Austin took the easy way out and the way he sees it, they've got three choices on what to do next. They find the ex-champ Shawn Michaels so Ian Dugo can fight to determine a new champion. The WF had a tournament to find a new champ or Stone Cold is stripped of the belt, fired and the belt is given to Dude Love. Yeah, the crowd hates what Dude Love is saying. The first clip from the DX takeover is just them pulling up to the arena where WCW are taping, asking fans if they think Eric Bischoff and WCW suck. They mostly agree. After a commercial break, DX is leading a march. Well, they interview a lady and ask if she thinks WCW sucks. She does. They ask who rules professional wrestling, and she says DX. Next, we've got a match. It's Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher versus Terry Funk and Two Cold Scorpio. Well, the winner of the match will get a tag team title shot, JR says. The four men shake hands, and then the Funk brothers attack. Eventually, both Headbangers and Scorpio are outside of the ring. Funk climbs to the top ropes and fucking moonsaults out the ring. On everyone like he's Taka Michinoku. He's actually 53. Scorpio then climbs to the top rope and splashes outside onto the headbangers. Back in the ring, all four men are fighting and the ref tries to get one of the headbangers out of the ring. So he shoves the ref to disqualifying the headbangers. Scorpio keeps fighting low and power bombs Mosh. He climbs up top and lands a moonsault. Scorpio covers apparently... Not realise the match is over. Thrasher gets back in the ring and this fight is not even close to slowing down. Thankfully, it's time for another DX clip. This one finds Triple H walking right up to an entrance, blocked off by a cop, with Helmsley yelling into a megaphone asking where he can find some of those free tickets gives away to its events to fill arenas. X-Pac gets on the megaphone to give a shout-out to Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Helmsley then says, Let my people go! Let my people go. Well, after commercial break, Vincent Mann makes his way to the ring and walks into a sea of booze and Austin chants. Tonight, I come before you with a heavy heart. Over the last 24 hours, I've pined. Indeed, I've had to make some very difficult decisions. But firstly, I'd like to clear up any speculation as to whom Stone Cold Steve Austin was attempting to strike with that chair last night. The more uninitiated and naive of you may assume it was dude love, when in fact I know Stone Cold Steve Austin was trying to take my head off. As a result of that brutal and blatant attack, I've sustained a mild concussion. I've experienced dizziness and nausea, but nonetheless, none of those side effects of the concussion have in any way clouded my judgment as I stand before you tonight. Should I fire Stone Cold Steve Austin? Well, not yet. You see, firing you would be too good for you. Stone Cold Steve Austin because I have other plans and those other plans right here in this ring tonight Stone Cold Steve Austin will defend the World Wrestling Federation Championship again now right now I would like to introduce you to the official who will be refereeing that championship match live here tonight on Raw he's a former World Wrestling Federation tag team champion he's a family friend he's a trusted official indeed a warm and caring individual he is Gerald Briscoe. Well, Briscoe comes out and the man says, if Austin touches Briscoe, he'll not only lose his title, but he'll be fired. The man says, people might wonder what kind of representative Goldust would be if he wins tonight. And that honestly, anyone would be better than the current champion. After a commercial break, DX is still riding around outside the WCW arena, yelling about the war. They knock on the door and ask for Bischoff to open the door so they can just talk. Our next match is Bradshaw versus Jeff Jarrett with Tennessee Lee. And that is... J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T. And Dan, ain't he great? And starts off with the two competitors trading blows for a bit. Bradshaw clotheslines Jarrett out of the ring and Club Kamikaze rushes to the ring and attacks Bradshaw, disqualifying Jarrett. 
This is the second time they've attacked Bradshaw, and nobody knows why. Michael Cole says, I mean, we can understand Taka, all from Japan, but why Bradshaw? Well, a shout-out to racism from Michael Cole. Just as Cole says that, Taka runs to the ring and drops everyone briefly, but the numbers are just too much for him. There's a fourth guy in the ring today, whereas there's only three each of their previous appearances. They beat on Taka and flee. Well, after a commercial break, Kevin Kelly's backstage with Dude Love, who complains about McMahon. Dude says he was asked to wear tie-dye and beat Austin, both of which he did. He says things aren't going according to plan just as he walks by McMahon. McMahon asks Dude what he just said and then yells at Kelly in the camera to get the camera and microphone out of his face. He owns both of these things, by the way, according to McMahon. DX's theme starts up and Helmsley, X-Pac, walk to the ring holding a scalp of WCW's top wrestlers. Okay, that might be made up. The New Age Outlaws come out to their own now because, fuck it, we've got two hours to fill. Yeah, exactly. They come out to their own entrance. So let's see them come out here, Dan. Here we go. So the Outlaws. Oh, look at them. They're riding little mopeds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the DOA, isn't it? You know, coming out here, tough son of a guns, and of course they've got the helmet on. That's good. <laughs> look at why Billy just left it there. We'll be fine. So they're in the ring now. And it is going to be Tag Team Champions New Age Outlaws, Road Dogg, Jish James and Badass Billy Gunn, with Triple H, X-Pac and China, versus Disciples of Apocalypse, Skull and 8-Ball, with Chains, Hulk, Animal and Sunny, not for the titles. Well, DOA has a little surprise as LOD2000 comes out to provide some extra backup. Dog starts out against one of the bald guys and gets beat up a bit. He tags in Gunn and DOA double body drop him. Gun turns things around and Power Driver's one of the guys. Gun turns around and the ref turns to say something to DX. The other DOA guy slides in the ring and replaces his partner. He lays on the ground pretending to feel the effects of that Power Driver when Gun covers him. The DOA guy, JR can't even tell them apart yet, counters by rolling Gun into a cover and stealing the win. After commercial break, it's Warzone! Yay! The Undertaker, it's Undertaker and he makes his way to the ring. He's here for an actual match on Raw. That's crazy because it's been a while. Yeah, so it's The Undertaker versus Barry Windham. We are going to watch this match to see how The Undertaker uh, looks after Unforgiven. I mean, what's next? He's put his brother away. What awaits him? Here comes the dead man. <sighs> Undertaker. What? So The Undertaker's here. And what an awesome entrance from the Lord of Darkness. People said he was weaker than ever and he's proved everybody wrong. Set his brother on fire, baby. And what an entrance from The Undertaker. And let's not forget the history has not Raw performed in the main event of the first ever Raw. And now he's here tonight to take on Barry Windham. The Undertaker looks on stoic as ever. Well, Barry Windham certainly looks up for this match. So here we go. Let's see what happens. Like I said, Windham looks ready. Undertaker's ready. Kick to the gut of the right hand. Barry Windham low. 6'6 six, six is JR. 300 pounds versus The Undertaker there. Irish whip. Undertaker catching by the throat though. Uh oh. Oh, choke slam. And Barry Windham out. Maybe already. Uh oh. Surely not. Don't call me Shirley, but it looks like he's going up for the tombstone. Place the hard cam. There you go. I'll take his got him. Oh. And he drills Barry Windham. One, two, three. Oh my god. Well, rest in peace, Barry Windham. Short and sweet, but the Undertaker is dominant as ever. When he grabs the mic and calls out his brother, he says, "Last night, Kane looked in his eyes, looked in the eyes of a dragon, and got boined." Well, Undertaker says, "Last night, it wasn't the end; it was only the beginning." 
So what I want you to do right now is come down to the ring and finish it. I'm not moving until you come out here, Kane, and I have all of eternity to wait for you. Well, after commercial break, the Undertaker's in the ring, and after a few seconds, the lights go out and Kane's music starts. He walks out with Paul Bearer, and Kane's right arm is bandaged after his brother lit that arm on fire last night. Well, Bearer comes out to say, this has got to stop. This has all this has got to stop. This has all got to come to an end. Undertaker, no, this has got to stop. This has all got to come to an end, Undertaker. It wasn't supposed to be like this. It was all my idea. You were the one that was supposed to burn in the flames. But my cane, once again, had to suffer through the pain and agony of the inferno. It's not that he suffered enough. Death poured you. Death poured through your own child, laying in the hospital bed. You didn't see him. I'm the one that went to see him every day, covered in bandages, crying for his mother. I was there when they took him to the burn ward and soaked him in the saline solution and scraped those sores, those burns, those dead skin cells off his body every day. We've got to have a truce. It's got to stop. Damn it. Last night, I tasted my own blood as it ran down my face, and when I looked up, I saw Cain once again on fire. I could smell the flesh. I could see his clothing. I could see the pain in his eyes. Don't you understand? It was my son whose hand was on fire. <gasps> what? Well, the show goes to commercial, comes back as J.R. recaps Bearer's shocking remarks. Jerry the King Laura has replaced Michael Cole the broadcast team, and he's more concerned with Bearer's remarks because it means Bearer has to sleep with the Undertaker's mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, backstage, Kevin Kelly is with Goldust and Luna. He asks if Goldust is surprised to get this title shot. He's already a star, and he was born a number one contender. Kelly asks what kind of champion Goldust would be, and he starts to answer, but Dude Love runs in and attacks. He's yelling that Goldust has his shot of the title. Luna jumps on Dude's back, and a bunch of un- uh, but a bunch of WWF officials runs in to break it up. Right, look at this quickly. Dan Seven coming in because he's a tough son of a bitch. Mustache. He wants you to be talking about. He doesn't even know he take a suit off, does he? Well, DX walks to the ring, again, this time with Triple H, X-Buck and China. Helmsy looks angry, and he says he should be on top of the world tonight. But his buzz has been killed. He's hot, so he can fight anyone for the European title who's brave enough to come out. April walks out to the top of rank, ramp and points at Helmsley, but Dan Severin runs out, chased by Cornette. Severin's still in the suit, and Cornette is trying to stop Severin from fighting, telling him he signs his checks and that he shouldn't... Oh, and Cornette slapped him then. Well, Severin just belly-to-belly suplexed him. He's locked him into the uh, a submission hold. They're actually choking him. Yeah, he is choking him. Well, Cornette passes out and a bunch of WWF officials run to stop Severin. My God. Well, backstage, Cole's with Austin. He says he'll defend the title every week if he has to. He says, no, what, what stipulation man makes, he'll never get rid of Austin. A Sable-less Mark Merrow walks out. He grabs the mic and asks the crowd if they want Sable. They cheer, so he demands Sable get out to the ring right now. She walks out. Mero says she's embarrassed. Mero says she embarrassed him last night, appearing in the ring in her undergarments. Sable says she knows the fans like it and that she liked it. She adds that she knows the fans are going to like it even more when she puts Mero in. His- she says she needs to stand on her own, and if he gives her two weeks, she'll kick his ass on Raw. Backstage, McMahon is with Briscoe telling him to make sure he calls the title match fair and square tonight, right down the middle. McMahon shakes Briscoe's hand early to thank him for his solid 
refereeing job. Well, it is WWF Heavyweight Champion Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the artist foremost with Luna with special referee Gerald Briscoe for the title. Well, Briscoe goes over the rules with the two competitors and McMahon literally runs down the ramp to ringside. He sends the timekeeper to the back and takes over his duties for this job. Austin attacks Goldust and this one is underway. Goldust is in control early and rolls up and roll up covers Austin. Briscoe counts rather quickly, but Austin kicks out <laughs> after two. Two. Austin gets up, turns to Briscoe to complain about the quickness of the count, and Briscoe pretty much tries to and Briscoe pretty much tries to taunt Austin into hitting him. Well, Goldust attacks and covers again. This time, Briscoe counting even faster. Austin kicks out. Uh-huh. And now Austin arguing with Gerald Briscoe. Look at Briscoe saying, go on, I dare you to. And if I was Steve Austin, I would not let sh- Well, then again, if he hits Briscoe, he gets disqualified, doesn't he? And what would you do in that situation? Situation. Well, he's going to lose the title if he gets disqualified. I know, but man holding that championship belt. And look how quick Briscoe's counts are. Huge right hands by Goldust. This is Goldust's opportunity here. Well, you won't get it better served to him, will he, on a silver platter? Or a gold platter. <laughs> Here tonight, it could be a gold fest for gold dust. And look, gold dust choking Austin and, and Briscoe doing a slow count. This is not fair and square. <laughs> this is much like when my man Bobby Roode lost to Randy Orton. It was a fast count then, and it's a fast count tonight. You're absolutely right, Dan. You know, you're true about that. And my man holding the championship belt there. Look at Austin now, just taking down Goldust. Right hand. Austin, this means everything for him. It took eight years to get to this point in the card where he was WF champion. It could be all taken away. He's lucky he's not fired after he'd done it unforgiven. And Goldust now has got Austin, throws him to the outside. To the outside, baby. Throws him into the ring steps. It looks like his uh, buttock cheek hit the top corner of the stairs. That didn't look nice. Austin struggling to get up. Would have shook him all the way down if Briscoe counts. Goldust thrown into Barry Cade. Referees shouldn't lay their hands on competitors like that. They shouldn't push them and goad them. Well, if Austin lays his hand on Briscoe, he loses the championship. Oh, Austin close eyes Goldust down. And Briscoe's waggling that finger towards him. Oh. Austin's been low blowed. Come on, referee. Didn't you see that? And look at those guys, 316. <laughs> We should do that. We should have 10. 10. Which one would you be? The one or the O? I'll be the <laughs> Why? Doesn't matter. Goldust throws him in. And he's wearing down Stone Cold now. But man's all going to go for the bell. Not quite, Vinny. Not quite. But Austin will not go down. We know famously he doesn't submit, you know, Bret Hart WrestleMania. And we talk about Austin uh, McMahon screwing wrestlers. This is definitely Bret Hart indications here, isn't there? And what happened, Dan? Oh, Gerald Briscoe. I I haven't got a cigarette in my gob, James. I've just got a smile on my face. Because Gerald Briscoe, Austin's arm was dropping. Gerald Briscoe checked it, lifted it up, and Austin stuck his middle finger up, telling Briscoe he's number one. Maybe a last act of defiance to Stone Cold as WWF champion, maybe. Oh! But Goldust closed lines Austin. He's laying across him, but the referee's not counting because he's a moron. Briscoe, he's covering him. He's covering him, Briscoe. Briscoe now, cover, one, two. Oh. That was quite a slow count. It was, but man getting a bit frustrated. Briscoe not doing the job he was asked to do. Irish whip to Austin, reversed. Austin catching Goldust, throwing him across the ring, telling him to get up. Austin knocks him down just as quickly as he gets up, though. Get up, because I want to knock you down. 
Throws him against the ropes. Austin with a Lufez press. Wailing away with his right hand. Now Austin's got gold dust. Irish rip reversal. Oh. Gold dust catches Austin in a sleeper hold. Oh, behind referee's back. Low blow. Austin. Stunner. And he's got it. Oh, come on, Briscoe. One. Two. Ugh. Briscoe's got sank in his eye, apparently. He can't make the cover. I was to say, what are you doing? Here comes Dude Love. Oh, and Austin gets taken out by Dude Love. And not disqualification. I think Briscoe can't see it because of the, uh, the thing in his eye, don't forget. And now Dude's thrown him down. Oh. Austin with a high back body drop. Starts kicking at Dude Love. <laughs> That's punching away on the dude. Bounces his head off the announce table. McMahon there. Briscoe there can't stop Steve. McMahon with the bell hits Briscoe in the head. <laughs> yeah, I think he was aiming for Austin. And he's knocked out Briscoe. He's been busted wide open. They do like a liberal use of blood on this show. Yeah. And McMahon's got probably Briscoe's blood in his hand. Wipes on the referee. And Austin telling McMahon you're a dick. And that shot is a hundred times the stone cold. Look at McMahon's furious. And Austin comes in. Tells McMahon he's number one. And Stone Cold's going to leave with his title. JR's going mental. Well. Well. So, Dan, what have you thought of uh, the past two episodes of Raw? They've been very entertaining, to say the least. I've quite enjoyed watching the last couple of episodes of Raw, yeah. Yeah, they've been really good. The DX segments that we've had, the Stone Cold McMahon interactions have been great. Uh, and even the matches also start getting, are slowly getting better. Okay, so now we finish with Nitro, and it's the night after Spring Stampede. It's Nitro 136, April 20th. So we're in Colorado Springs, Colorado here tonight. So the exclusive footage, Hogan came back out and hit Nash with a baseball bat with the disciple. And Scott Norton came out and grabbed the title belt. Wow, very interesting start. Things off problems with the NWO. Scott Norton arguing, saying, well, it's in the NWO, keep it there. Hogan saying, no, it's about him having it. Wow, great, great exclusive footage. We get opening titles and we get fireworks. Woo! Well, Tony welcomes us to the greatest thing in wrestling. Dates us on what happened at Bring Stampede. Raven, the new US champion, and Macho, the new world champion. NWO has a title belt, and Hogan wants the belt back. And we get the dreaded NWO music. New, 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 new world order. Fly. Well, it's Hogan, Bish, and the Disciple. Well, Bish has love and admiration for everyone, but he can't stand what happened at Spring Stampede. He says, the NWO's for life, the title belt is his, he's scum, and Big Sexy's girlfriend makes him sick. Hogan also says he wants a shot at the belt. He manages to talk for five minutes without even breathing. Oh, crazy, isn't it? Yada, yada, macho, Nash, a scum. And we get to see Goldberg getting ready backstage. He fights Raven tonight for the US title. That's it for Hogan. And the commentators talk about the clip from earlier... And more NWO news. Macho's out here to a big cheer carrying a title belt. And he rips a Hogan rules the NWO sign on the way out. 
Yes, it's the worst kept secret in the world. He hates Hogan. Yeah, and he also said the bomb brother, he's a champ. Hogan, you're not the man. Your well's crashing down. And it hurts inside. He says, I've shot the world. It's live. Turner, Hogan or Bischoff can't stop Macho Man. And he'll introduce the new leader of the NWO, Kevin Nash. Yeah, and Macho says, step one is the end of your career, Hogan. You can't call the NWO yours. Macho ends it tonight, and if Disciple or Bish get involved, I'll jackknife them both. We're the guys to put a stake through the heart. Yeah, Tony tells us there's a change in power. There's 20 minutes of no wrestling, and that's not including the ad breaks at the moment. Well, Raven backstage, and he says, 74 and oh, I won't be 75. I won't be stopped. Quote the Raven. Uh, we get Nitro Girls. Yay! And then the Mean Gene plugs a WCW hotline. And then the dreaded NWO music. And it is Conan out with Vincent going up against Chris Adams. Yes, the useless, the useless Conan is out-wrestled by the gentleman. The commentators talk NWO, Match and Hogan, Goldberg and repeat of Spring Stampede. Nothing about the match apart from Larry saying Conan can wrestle. He can't, but did put Adams away with a tequila sunrise. I agree with you, Dan. Conan cannot wrestle. Uh, we get more Nitro girls. Yay! And then we get clips from Clemson University watching Nitro and having a party. Yeah, next match is Jimmy Hart with Barbarian versus Bloom, who didn't get an entrance. Well, Bloom decks Hart, with, which helps Barbarian. Yeah, but he beats him easy with the big boot anyway. It's absolute pointless. Barbarian wins. And Tony says everyone will be watching tonight. Ravens again, and he's saying, who's next? I'm next. It's mind over matter. The streak is over. And it's Jericho next. So Jericho coming out here, and look at him smirking, Dan. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's just got a grin on his face. And, and ain't he gorgeous? Yes, he is. And he's got a cruiserweight championship round his waist where he's sexually defended against Prince Iakea. That's why he's got Iakea's... Sarong. Sarong. Round his neck, and he's also carrying... Well, a around l- his waist, James. His neck's up a bit high. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Around his waist. He's also carrying a picture, it looks like, maybe, of a frame of some sorts, and I think a stand. And he's in the ring right now. Jericho's got the mic. I'm digging the mahi-mahi. He's erected. He's erected a shrine for him, Dan. Well, he's got an update on Dean Malenko's career. Oh, Dean's definitely retired. Big Belly Burger's got an interview. What a lovely, touching tribute there by Chris Jericho. Yes. Absolutely wonderful, dedicating this match to Dean Malenko. And what a stand-up guy he is. Well, he's going against Juventud Guerrera. Oh, my God, we started this. And Hoovies came right up to Jericho. <laughs> oh, Irish ripped to Jericho. Oh, Jericho throws him over the top rope, though. But Juvie lands on the apron, grabs his hair and wrenches him back. Uh, Charles Robinson's in charge. Charles in charge. <laughs> yeah, he is. Jericho wearing the same trunks as yesterday. I was wrong about him making the change. He wore the same one at Spring Stampede. Hoovy's caught him already. But he's a fighting champ. Two days in a row. Defending his championship. Is it title on the line? Uh, yeah. I'm going to say so. Oh, if he loses. <laughs> no, it's definitely title on the line, yeah. Oh, and Hoovy there with a chop to Jericho. Irish rip attempt. Hoovy ducks it. Jericho catches him, sends him face first over the top rope. And now look at Jericho goose-stepping. He's so cocky, isn't he? He's cool. He's cocky. He's bad. That's the thing. He's good. He's too good, but who'll be fighting back now? 
We know Spirit is a Mexican warrior trying to fight out. Oh. But James, he's disrespected his Mexican heritage when he had that mask removed. True, and that's what Conan was saying as well. Not that I listened to him, but, you know, and you're part of that. And Jericho mocked him coming out wearing a mask. Oh! Well, Jericho looking for a springboard taking, uh, to take Hooventude off the apron. But Hoovy ducks it. Jericho lands on a way for thin mats below. And now here comes Hoovy. Jumps over the top rope, takes out Y2J. And Jericho <laughs> screaming in pain. I don't blame him. And Hoovy's going to seize the momentum. Springboard's back in. Oh, spinning heel kick. Then he got the cover, but Jericho kick out. Oh. Here comes Hoovy again. Oh. Plants Y2J for DDT. Goes for the cover out too. That is a very fast count by Robinson. Jericho's got Hoovy from behind now. German suplex. Hoovy swings and misses. Jericho hits him with a German, as you say. But Hoovy lands on his feet. Tries the hurricane runner. Jericho catches him. And leans back for the lion tamer. Surely he's got to tap out of this. Don't call me Shirley, but I don't know how much longer he can last. He's not tapping out, though. He's not. How can he not? The crowd booing, are they? He might be getting... Is he been? Is he passed out? No, he's still fighting. Jericho drops down onto one knee, putting more pressure onto Juice. I've, seen, I've never seen a man... Escape from he's the out. line table, he's out. He's out. Jer- off. Jericho wins, but I mean, impressive by Hoover there not to tap out. And Jericho can't believe he won. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Saying, oh my God, I've killed Hoover. <laughs> you didn't mean to. He actually does it like he's concerned as well. It's brilliant. That's, that's Chris Jericho for you. Um, uh, lovely. Oh my God. You know, Bills, it's only his seventh month in WCW. Wow. And he's going for the US title already. Yeah. Goldberg's getting ready. And, of course, he's in action next uh, for the United States title. And it weird, as we start our second hour, we are going to have Goldberg for the US title versus Raven. Michael Buffer. Well, it's kind of main event, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, they have uh, a main event after an hour. So this is the start of the second hour with Michael Buffer. And of course, like Dan said, it takes away from the match. Here comes Raven. No music, but of course, that title belt now belongs to him officially after beating DDP at Spring Stampede last night. Question is, how long will he hold it on for? Will he hold it for? Goldberg is 74 and 0. And look at the little mascot. There so now it's time. There's Raven, Dan. Who's next? <laughs> <laughs> and the fans go absolutely banana. Raven doesn't seem that intimidating. And Goldberg coming out here. Is there a more intense individual than William Goldberg? And he's standing across from Raven. Shit is just about to go down. It is on. Like Donkey Kong. United States Championship on the line. Goldberg's first opportunity. First opportunity. Not going to get excited. Ah, no. I can't help it, Captain. Leave a leap. Raven lays down. The US title match. Daring Goldberg across the line. Goldberg's not one to back away from anyone, anything. Oh! But he gets backed into a corner <laughs> by Raven. <laughs> yeah! He didn't back down, though. He didn't back down, but Raven Irish got him. whip reversal, though. Uh, Goldberg throws Raven into a corner, but Raven comes out of a drop kick. Yeah, Raven's got Goldberg now a bit tight. Calls Raven rules match, because anything Raven says goes. Oh. oh, but Goldberg throws Raven into Barry Cade. Poor Barry Cade's had a lot of action these past couple of podcasts. And right in front of the other members of the flock, Goldberg beating on their leader. And Raven again. Oh, my God. And Goldberg, like, stalking down Raven like the Terminator. 
throws Raven in now. Well, Goldberg beat Perry Saturn last night. And he wants to beat the leader tonight. Rolls through and gets that leg hold. And Raven could tap out, but oh, imagine to get to that bottom rope. Now, Goldberg just staring at the referee. He's got Raven. Irish whip. Just Raven with a spinning heel kick. And everything he does here, the crowd just responds massively. And he does look young, doesn't he? But Raven's got a steel chair. It's as if Goldberg's dumb, though. You don't see the chair lying right in front of Raven, and he comes out to see him anyway. Drop toe hold. Goldberg face first into the <laughs> chair that Raven's set up in the middle of the ring. Goes for the cover. Oh. But Goldberg managing to kick out. Uh-huh. You can see the red mark on Goldberg's face as well for the impact. That chair is basically dented, even though he gets slammed on his back again. Raven with a, with a very innovative style of wrestling to go against Goldberg. Yeah, exactly. He might be off everything. He might be different to everything he's ever faced before. So, Raven, can he wear Goldberg down? He has at the moment. The fans want Goldberg. And we see Goldberg tops popping up now as well. But in the middle of the ring, is Goldberg out? I don't know. The referee's certainly tapping his fucking hand, though. But Goldberg managing to fight his way up, much to the delight of the crowd. But Raven clotheslines Goldberg in a corner and, clo- uh, and catches him in another clothesline. Irish whips him in the corner, catches him in a clothesline. Now the right hands. Going for the right hands, but Goldberg's shaking him off every time he gets hit with one. <laughs> Spears Raven. You see the crowd as well, the way they jumped up. They're sick boy and Kidman, and Kidman again gets caught by Goldberg. <laughs> Thrown out of the ring. Sick boy eliminated from the Rumble. And now this is new one. Horace Hogan hits Goldberg with a stop sign. But that Goldberg didn't stop at that stop sign. He went. But and now the big guy. It's Reese going to take out Goldberg like he did last night. Looking for the Punjabi plunge, but Goldberg reversing that. With a headbutt and he can't down. What's he trying to do? He's going to aim and hammer him down. Oh, my God. And the crowd going fucking mental as this is happening. And Raven's left. Where's Raven gone? That's what Goldberg's checking. Who's next? Who's left? Raven getting the flock out of here. And, oh, my God, what's going on here? What the fuck? The crowd grabbing Raven, throwing it back in. <laughs> they will not let that him That is leave. absolutely brilliant. <laughs> right into Goldberg. Raven's in trouble. Bang. Oh. Gets hit with a second spear. And after the spear, what's next? Nobody on their feet here. Well, he's going to jack him up, hammer him down onto that stop sign. One, two, three. <laughs> and you're new. U.S. heavyweight champion, Goldberg. My God. I mean, WF have a lot. You know, DX and uh, The Rock, Stone Cold. But Nitro has a new United States champion. And they have Bill Goldberg. Absolutely incredible there. Talk about running through the flock. And he says, that championship's mine. Dan, what do you think of that? I (laughs) thought it was absolutely brilliant. It's just Goldberg at his best. And again... You can see why I love him. Goldberg is upside down, love. Oh, no. Goldberg, no. Goldberg. you're spoiling it. It's up. Please, just turn it up the other way. Yeah, and you can see why I became such a big fan of Goldberg. I see you're getting more and more into Goldberg, and you're going to join the Goldberg train. Yeah, but it's like Jericho as well. It's just great to have it. Great to have it when you've got all this other kind of, kind of stuff going on at this moment in time, you know. But... um. Absolutely brilliant. Goldberg is United States champion. His streak continues 75 and O continues. And up next, Nitro Girls. Yay! Nitro Girls, yeah. And up next, it's La Parker versus Ultimate Nitro Girls. La <laughs> Parker versus Nitro Girls. Nitro Girls. <laughs> no, seriously, though, next match. 
It is La Parker versus Nitro Girls. No, seriously. La Parker versus Mark Tardis. <laughs> no. La Parker versus Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, it's not a bad match between them. But that the commentators would know but not that the commentators would know because they're just talking about the NWO. Yeah, La Parker takes Dragon outside and sends him into the ring post. Dragon comeback. <clears throat> La Parker coming off the top rope. We gets caught by Ultimo. He throws him into the ropes. Irish whip reversal by La Parker, though. Throws Dragon over the top, but Dragon lands on his feet. Spinning heel kick takes his legs out from underneath him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. That's why I'm watching it. And Eddie's dragging Chavo out. And he's saying, Chavo, you do it now. We all know what happened at Spring Stampede, of course. Dragon beating Chavo. A mule kick to the back of La Parker's head, though. Kicks away. <laughs> Spinning heel that. kick drops... The Parker. He is an Eddie. Basically, Chav, you go out there, you get in the ring, you do it. You do it good. And Dragon now on the top. Eddie's distracted the referee. And Chavo. Oh, hits Dragon from behind. Sends him off the top rope. La Parker, <laughs> oh, with a spinning corkscrew, takes out Dragon. One, two, three. Oh, my God. So Chavo now maybe embracing his dark side there, costing Dragon a victory. He's not happy about it, though, is he? No, but Eddie is. He's proud of his nephew. Yeah. Well, Bobby joins the commentary and he calls Goldberg the man. And tonight is a night of champions. Well, Benoit is out here going up against the dreaded NWO music. It's Henning and Rude. He joins the commentary and refuses to answer if they're Team Hogan or Team Nash. He leaves to go ringside. Kurt's got an injured knee, which is focused on by Benoit. This, of course, leads to a Rude sneak attack. But Benoit fights back. H. He gets the cross face on Henning, but Rude interferes. Book her out to Yelp. Well, book her out here, you'll help. <laughs> <laughs> interferes, book her out here to help. Mutual respect between the two. Yeah, but Benoit is not pleased. And Rude can Well, Benoit confronts Booker. He says, you stay out of my business, and they start fighting. And we get some pics from Spring Stampede shining throughout the night. And we get pics from stri- and we get pics from Spring Stampede showing throughout the night. Well, Mean Gene is in the ring and he introduces Rowdy Roddy Piper. And he lost the battle, but he won the war. Yeah, he lost the Piper says he lost the battle last night, but he won the war. And like I said, we're live here in fucking Colorado. Nobody goes, yeah. He's the commissioner tonight and says the main event is no DQ and no friends allowed. There is no escape. He said he's going to fight until there's a winner. Yes, and after that, Hogan is his. Mm-hmm. And Van Hammer on his way to the ring. And Saturn runs out to meet Hammer on the way to the ring. Yeah, and he throws him into the ring and the stairs. The bell finally rings. Yeah, and it's a very competitive match, but it's more brawl than it is match. Yep, drop toe hold onto the stairs. Both men brawl up the entranceway. Double count out. But not bad. Both still fight onto the stage before the ad break. And it's the third hour and Public Enemy are out here. It's the dreaded NWO music. And are there problems with Buff and Scott? Well, let's see. They're both posing. Yeah, the trophy is for Scott for bodybuilding. That's what Mike Tanay tells us. Yes, Grunge drops Buff and Public Enemy double team Buff Bagwell. But Scott in and throws both men around, suplexes and poses. Well, Scott and Buff dominate the match. They go to take Johnny out on the table using a chair, but Rocco shoves Scott into the ring post. Rocco gets hot tag but gets cut off. Johnny recovers, and they try to put Buff through the table, but he moves and they break it themselves. Scott gets a Steiner recliner, but Buff wants Blockbuster. Scott says, sure, they win the match and pose. And up next, Nacho Girls. Yes, and it's Psychosis 
out for the TV title match against Booker T. Well, he beat Benoit, but he might still be focused on him. Well, I didn't show in the match. Booker T in control, slamming Psychosis around and onto those wafer-thin mats. Well, Psychosis tries to get in the match by working on the knee. A couple of submissions, but Booker T fights back. Side, sli- side slam a knee, but knee fouls him. Yes, Psychosis wraps a leg around a ring post. Well, he continues the attack, but Booker turns it up with a spine buster, flapjack, Harlem sidekick, and missile dropkick for the win. Tony must have said Hogan v Macho at least a thousand times tonight. And another thing we've heard a thousand times is the dreaded NWO music. Yes, and it's Brian Adams and Vincent. Oh, yes, and they're versus Flex Lex Luger. Well, Tony says Nitro has set the standard, just the amount of stars in NWO. Yeah, he says there's no better time to be a wrestling fan. Well, Heenan agrees and says it will only get better. Bless him. Both men exchange power moves. Tony admits that Sting is a middleman in the NWO feud. Luger in control, then Adams. Impressive gorilla press on Luger. Mm. Luger hits a net breaker, though. Then starts flexing. Vincent in the ring to get torture act, and Conan runs in to torture act. Luger hits forearm full of wins. Back at it, Lex had more wins versus the NWO than anyone else. He did. really did. You know, we talked about that on pay-per-view as well. Spring Stampede doing it and uh, everything else. But up next is the match we've all wanted to see. It's the Macho Man versus Hollywood Hogan. It is going to be for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And the mic says to Macho, you're a piece of scum, and I'm going to beat you up. And he's talking to the disciple now and waiting for the Macho Man, Randy Savage. And here comes the Macho Man, 24 hours after beating Sting. Now, he wasn't 100%. At Spring Stampede. I mean, what's he going to be like today? Surely he can't be 100%. Well, don't call me Shirley, but he certainly looks like he's up for this match. Oh, man. <laughs> he really is. But he's going against the main man in Hulk Hogan. So it's going to be difficult here tonight to see if Hollywood walks away with the gold. He seems confident. Look at him smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette on his gob. He's just got a grin on his face because he knows Macho is an injured man. Macho coming out here, pointing at Hogan. I mean, how many wars have these two had? So, Macho wants a bit of Hogan. Hogan's going to take his sweet-ass time. Might have to have eyes in the back of his head with Kevin Nash. First Nitro can go up against the go-home show for Unforgiven. So, the chokeslam through the casket by Kane. Well, Macho doesn't need to get distracted by the disciple, but he needs to keep a watch out for him. And we noticed that Miss Elizabeth isn't by his side. No, Miss Elizabeth, of course, got a stinger splash last night, so she might not be able to get in the ring. Steve Blackman versus Dude Love went up against this. Well, uh, I know which match I'd rather not be watching. Yeah, but Austin did say that he was going to get his hands on Dude Love and Matt, Vince McMahon at the end of the, by the end of the night, and it hadn't happened yet. But Match and Hogan have started here. Hogan starts off on top near Macho Man in the corner. Now Hogan striking Macho. So it is NWO versus NWO. Now who could be the real leader? I mean, Macho says Nash is a true leader in the NWO. And Hogan said that whoever held the world title was champion. And now Macho does. Hollywood wants it back for himself. So neither of them is Hogan then? No. Hogan doing a yeah. Brock Lesnar. He is. He's dancing about. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Well, Hogan's got Macho up. Elbow right to the cranium, Dan. This is the old chokehold. From the old Hogan. The old chokey hold. The old choking McColdy. 
And That's now Choky then choking McChokington on the choking competition in the choking world championship. Oh, speaking of choking, disciples trying to choke Hogan could choke. Well, you gotta be choking me. No, you can't. How much choke can your choking man take? Take. Choking man could take take choking. Oh, I know, but the match has been choked. Now he's up again, and Hogan's got him. Back body drop there by Hollywood. Hogan throws Macho to distracts referee while a disciple takes over and working over Savage. Disciple throws him back first into Barry Cade. Backs up and the referee looks round and uh, Hogan takes over. But Disciple's distracting the ref while Hogan goes to work on Savage with a steel chair. Hits him straight on the cranium. You remember Savage coming off a severe concussion. Hogan looking to send Macho head first into the turnbuckle. Savage blocks it and sends Hogan's ball dome into it. And now Savage going with the rights. Double axe handle smash takes Hogan down. Hollywood's backing up now, begging for Macho not to hit him. Looks to kick him, but Hogan targets the leg, and Macho goes down. Oh, and as Hogan distracts the referee, the disciple wrenching on Savage's leg, which was bent over the second rope, and he's got to be in a lot of pain. He's got to be in so much pain. He's at the mercy of Hollywood Hogan right now. Oh, Hogan has been in complete control with Macho, fighting back now. Savage with a big right hand to Hogan's head. Hogan with a kick. And another kick. Oh, is that match over a slight low blow there? Looked to be low to me. So a majority of this match has been punches, kicks, and choke. None of your suplexes, none of style wrestling. Well, we're not seeing a whole lot of that in our main events either, have we? Even like Stone Cold. People are over and raw, and of course with uh, the NWO style. It's just it's just kind of the same old thing. It's like Hogan again with a belt. Then he'll go back to choking, disciple interfere, and it's kind of same old, same old, isn't it, really? Oh, Hogan with the atomic leg drop, but Savage moves out of the way. Hogan hits nothing but Matt. Well, no matter how long this goes, there's got to be a winner for this. And Macho returning a favour, whipping Hogan back. Well, now Macho's injured, but he's trying to get one last gasp effort. He's going all the way top for the elbow. Oh, bang, hits Hogan. But can't capitalise because of his leg. Well, that old injury comes back to haunt him. Oh, when you're out of luck, you're out of luck. Macho can't even get to his feet right now. But Hogan can. And now Hogan goes to work on the leg. Hogan's got a figure four leg lock in. Is that an homage to Ric Flair? Woo! No. It's no. just a figure four leg lock. Be sure if it's banned, Flair. Macho might be in trouble. That knee. Seriously. Someone's coming down the ramp. Well, Hogan is like a shark that smells blood right focusing on that knee. Savage makes it to the bottom rope, though. Hogan refuses to relinquish the hold. Hogan's still working over the right leg of Savage. Savage choking Hogan out in the corner. Referee trying to break it up, but Savage, he's got the madness setting in now. Throws the referee away, grabs hold of Hogan's neck fat. But it's a one-legged man in an asking contest. Disciples up. Oh, a neck breaker on Nick Patrick. Oh, Nick is out. And our disciples in. Beat down with Hogan. What did we say? We said this. Yeah. Someone's coming down, though. Well, where's Kevin Nash after getting screwed by Hollywood last night? Where's Elizabeth after getting screwed by Hogan? <laughs> and Hogan wrapping Savage's leg around a ring post. She and a disciple the having a turn. And they're working on the leg here. This is disgusting, disgraceful, inhuman. Where the hell is Kevin Nash? Where's Bret Hart? He said he stopped this type of stuff from happening as well. The disciples got the world title. And the fans chanting, we want Nash. Oh, no. Oh, and the disciple hit version of the stunner with a title belt over his shoulder. 
And Nash is coming out wearing an NWO vest. And he is furious what he's <coughs> seen. I mean, check his out. Fucking, he's furious what he's seen. He's taking this time to get here. Asking he's, the disciple and that what's going on. Someone calls into the ring, grabs his leg. I think that's Bischoff. Scrawny little look at Bischoff grabbing Nash's leg. Now the disciple's got him. Hogan's going to hit him with a title. Nash ducks. Yeah. Hogan hits a disciple. Nash going for the jackknife and Bischoff with the kicks. More annoyance than anything else. And Bischoff gets decked. And he's definitely going to jackknife now. Hollywood. Jackknife for now. Nash puts match on Hollywood. And Brett's out here. And Nash got the referee up. And what's Brett doing? Got the title belt. Hits Nash with a title. Why did Brett do that? He's had his problems with Hogan. Called Nash and Hogan scum. Drags Hogan onto Savage. Hell, referees get woken up. One, two, three. And Hogan is the new champion. Thanks to Brett. 24 hours after Macho won, he's lost. And Tony's stunned. We're all stunned. Piper's coming out here now. What the hell is Brett Hart up to? Well, Brett, have you got an answer for Piper? This is, this is disgraceful. Hollywood Hogan is the champion again. Disciples get him out there. Piper wants answers. And Brett cheap shots. Rowley Roddy Piper and smirks. No, James, he didn't put a cigarette in his go. He just had a smile on his face because he knows exactly what he's done. Oh, my word. So what would the fallout be of this? Well, Nitro episode 137, April 27th. Alex Wright, yeah. Yeah, and it was held at the Scope in Norfolk, Virginia. It was broadcast on two days, April 27th and 28th, as one-hour episode on Monday and a two-hour episode on Tuesday. Just because they maybe change it up, I don't know, but they wanted to sell out Norfolk twice. They were losing the ratings, so maybe changing something up a little bit as well. Well, a video of Nacho, <laughs> a video of Macho from Thunder saying Brett is a number one on his hit list. Yeah, so we get open title and opening titles, and Tony tells us it's a one-hour show. But that's because of the NBA playoffs. All oh, right, and then we get oh. yay! But more better than that, we get Alex right, yeah, yeah, Alex, can I join, please? In his huge package. Yeah, Dad's here with the natural girls. But he joins them. He joins them, but gets escorted by the police. And then we get the dreaded NWO music. But huge boos turn to cheers because it is Nash and Macho. Well, the commentators can't believe what Brett has done and why. They're hoping Mean Gene gets some answers in a little bit. His best haul impersonation. Hey, yo. To take the survey. Well, I think WSW won that one. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that as well. Yes, Nash says last week Sting runs his mouth saying he wants a match with him. And Hall, he ran into him the other night. We've got the belts. Sting, Giant, come get them. Yeah, so now all of a sudden it's turned into that, interesting enough. But what's going on in the NWO? Well, he says the Wolfpack is expanding and Macho is the newest member. Yes, and Big Sexy will take out Brett as well. Well, Macho says you don't understand, Hitman. I'm the lead dog and you're in trouble. And Hollywood's not here and this is where it's at. Yes, First of many defectors, it's Conan. Oh, God. Well, well he, God. he was all over Nash the other week. He was, wasn't he? And the commentators make lists of NWO's rosters like it's a draft, but worse. So it's Conan Nash and his so-called Wolf Pack, and then it's the, end, um, the other NWO. We don't know what's going on with that yet. Well, K-Dog, rowdy, rowdy, getting bowdy. Mug. 
Well, Hogan don't want none. I'm really, really bored. But we get a clip from a week ago, and we see Brett costing Macho the Macho last week. Yeah, and we get a video of Juve, the man without the mask. He said he's a warrior. Yes, and he will never quit going after Jericho. Yeah, speaking of which, oh, Jericho's out here. He's got Juve's mask, and he's mocking him. And say, you'll never be a contender. Of course, he's got the picture of Dean Malenko. He does it out of respect and in tribute to Dean Malenko. And he's got a WWE Monday Night Jericho top on as well. And what a great show of respect there by Jericho. Going to dedicate this match to the Dean Malenko, who's now got a new job, apparently, chef at uh, the Burger Joint in Florida. And that's great. And he's going to actually against Chavo Guerrero, who's really been on Eddie's kind of wrong side that we've seen this month especially. Eddie's been having to go at him. He's pushing him out here for his match. But he turned to the dark side last week, pushing off Ultimo Dragon. Oh, here we go. Jericho going after Chavo. And Chavo starting quick. Huge back body drop and a drop kick down. Oh, Chavo is straight off the mark here tonight. And he looks fired up. He is going for the cover. Can he get Jericho down? No, kick out. Now Chavo jumps on top of Jericho. Well, Jericho got the brains there. Chavo lands on his feet low. Oh, but Jericho catching him, hanging him up over the top rope. Jericho not even take the T-shirt off. Doesn't need to take the T-shirt off. They've both got custom T-shirts. Eddie Graham's my favourite wrestler. And <laughs> Jericho. As Chavo gets stomped on. Right in front of Eddie. And Eddie's trying to psych up Chavo. Pulling his hair and shouting in his ear. <laughs> Jericho and Eddie double-teaming him. <laughs> wow, and Eddie, but putting on the brakes... And just as he said, look, I'm too clever for that. I'm not going to hit you. Chavo comes up from behind, drop kicks Jericho into Eddie, knocking him off the apron, going for a near cover. But Jericho managing to kick out. Ah. And then Chavo planting Jericho, going for another cover, but Jericho managing to kick out again. Ah. Now Chavo's got Jericho. Jericho managing to reverse Chavo over the top into a Hurricane Roller attempt. No, but Jericho catches the legs, gets the lion tame and lock, locked in. Oh and Chavo taps out almost instantly. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero in to confront Jericho. And he lets go Chavo just. And Eddie's saying, wait a minute, that's my nephew. They want Eddie and Jericho to get it on. <laughs> it was him, Jericho says. He's a loser. Oh, and Eddie's slapping him around. <laughs> and Jericho's antagonising him. <laughs> that's brilliant. It's just a good story, isn't it? And it's great it with Jericho. It's a brilliant involved. story. Have to be Jericho involved, he just makes it that much better. Indeed, the way he antagonised Charlotte <laughs> was brilliant. Up next, Buff Bagwell injury. Let's take a look. It's from Thunder. Oh, here you go. So, do you see it? No. Wait, wait a minute. They're going to show a replay as well. Is it disgusting? No, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not. I would say if if Sid just if Sid Vicious is like the worst. Here we go. Rick Steiner, second row. Top rope, bulldog even, or buff. That was all it was. Is that it? Yeah. At this moment in time, but we see another replay. So he's had next surgery. So there you go, look. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. It's what happens, but it's not great, and it is quite a serious injury. So the man who a couple of weeks ago at Spring Stampede actually got injured. So that's uh, why you don't tempt fate. That's Godfather for you. Uh, Sorry, Karma. Mustafa. Well, after that, a clip of Macho Man from Thunder saying he got screwed. Yes, and then we get the dreaded NWO music, and this time it is Bischoff and Hogan. They are carrying, of course, the world title, and it is Smug City. Yes, Hogan says everyone who worship him, he has done it all. 
Well, Nash and Macho are a joke. And the Brutus is carrying the title yeah, now. Yeah, the only time it would be world champion. Hogan says, not one wrestler or title match, and not one wrestler who can... He, not one wrestler is beating him that he can't beat, and not one wrestler in a title match that can defeat him. Yes, and he he's made the world of wrestling. Hogan is where the power is. If best you got is Conan, Hogan can pick up any Mexican. Yeah, but casual racism again, fine. Brett knows where the power lies. So WCW have Hogan as champ, and Austin in the WWF just feels so old on Nitro. Yeah, it really does, you know, and videos of Brett decking Piper. And then we get the NWO music. And there's Scott, uh, Scott Norton out here, dreaded NWO music for Scott Norton. But thankfully, we get another type of music that we love to hear now on WWE vs. WCW. It's the United States champion, Bill Goldberg. <laughs> fireworks there, he's ready for action. He is 76 and 0 at this moment in time, going against the NWO member. So he's moved up, Dan. He's moved from the flock, and now he's gone on to the NWO. Do you think it's too soon? No, you know, he's working his way to the lower card of the NWO, so to speak. You know, Scott Norton. I suppose next week it'll be Vincent. I and would so like, on and so forth. I would like to see that. Line them all up and then whoever the shit ones are that get destroyed, just leave the group. Norton getting in Goldberg's face. He is not intimidated by Big Bill. He should be. Let's see. Colin and Elbow top to start. A couple of big chops from Norton. Irish ripping Goldberg against the rope. Kick to the midsection. Oh. Shoulder tackle. Takes Goldberg down, but Goldberg immediately kicks out. Uh. Back in Scott Norton's face. Fuck Both it. men yelling at each other. Goldberg <laughs> hits the right and a big knee. Swinging neck breaker. Takes down Norton. And the crowd solidly behind Goldberg. Goes for the cover, but Norton powers up. <laughs> now Norton's shot to the midsection. Throws Goldberg out the ring. Norton follows him, but Goldberg <laughs> clocks him with a big right. Not the best Norton idea. with a right of his own, though. Oh, is that a, a poke to the throat there? <laughs> Throws him shoulder first into the ring post. Norton comes in. Heenan thinks it's going to be the toughest match, but Goldberg already up. Responds with a kick to Norton. It goes down again for that leg that leg bar, but Norton reaches that bottom rope. He has to break. Now Goldberg going to the midsection of Norton, but Norton's got the power as well. Blocks the Irish whip. Don't see that happen often. Now chops and elbows. Goldberg follows up with a shoulder barge, but Norton catches him. Oh, my <laughs> word. Oh, a massive shoulder breaker for Norton. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh. Goldberg just managing to kick out. Oh. And not many people kick out of that, but he's going for the arm again. Trying to work it. And Goldberg there. That was close to a tap out. But he says no. He stands up with Norton. Now working the midsection. Norton again low, arm bar down. And he signifies it's the end here. Norton, can he pick up Goldberg? He picks him up again. Is he going to go for that shoulder breaker? No, Goldberg with the backslide. Oh. Spears his way through Norton. Oh my God. Sykes himself up. And what's next? Well, James, he's going to jack him up. Oh, he got him up. And hammer him down. Jesus Christ. One, two, three. Wow. And still US champion. There is, only, there is only one Goldberg. So impressive there, Scott Norton. Norton brought it, but Goldberg, though, whew, it's good. And if he fights for the NWO, if you're something to watch every week, what are your thoughts? Most definitely, yeah. He, him and Jericho, are the two, well, him, Jericho, Eddie and Chavo, probably the most entertaining things to watch. Sod all the big stories, Macho, Brett, Hogan, Nash, 
Sting, all that shit. It is the understories yeah. which make it. Yeah, it really is. And speaking of that, we get another clip from Macho from Thunder. He says, Brett's a con man, and we get a video of Brett smirking. Well, James, he wasn't smoking. He just had a grin on his face. And uh, more commentators dissing, uh, discussing Brett. <laughs> mean Gene in the ring. He's waiting for Brett, and Gene asks why. Well, Brett says, first of all, it's nice to be in the house that Hogan built. One thing you found out, there's no room for guilt. Yeah, he said there's pimps and thieves in wrestling. He said Macho's crying now, has never been in the ring, and he wants a match at Slambury. Gene says, why, Brett? Why? Well, Brett said, it's something I want to say to Hogan tomorrow night. So that's it. Instead of bringing Hogan out, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Brett says, who is anyone to question him? He's tired of being on the back bench. Well, Brett leaves and Tony says, don't forget, two hours on Tuesday. So that is it for Monday night. We then go to Tuesday night and we get a promo we get a promo video of Brett and we've just seen the opening titles and then Then we get fireworks. Yeah, fireworks. Tony welcomes us to the double header. Commentators question what Brett is doing. And we get a black and white video of Brett from Nitro. But Disco is on his way down to the ring. Yeah, and he's in action versus Benoit. And we get some Free Flair and Fear Benoit signs. Yeah, Benoit doesn't waste time. Chops and headbutts. Two suplexes in a row. Disco blocks the second one. Tony tells us Disco come up to him, says he'll be an icon. Larry responds... Uh, <laughs> Larry in response says, well, we'll see in 20 years. 2018 calling. Disco is not an icon or remembered. Nah, who? Disco in control of the match since, but takes his time and misses elbows. Tony says Benoit is the greatest non-champion. Well, we get the German suplex. Throat slit. Diving headbutt. But Disco kicks out. Uh. But unfortunately into a crossface. Not a bad match. So what do you think of the promo video for Jericho? No, no. It makes you love him more, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It is really nice. So it's time for Jericho. But wait a minute, that's not Jericho's music. That, that's that's De Malenko. It can't be, surely. Don't call me Shirley. That's not Malenko, <laughs> it's just Jericho coming out mocking. <laughs> <laughs> Can he get any worse? Comes out here, the mannerisms, he's, he's laughing. No, James, he's smirking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chris Jericho. So up next we get, I guess... Jericho versus Psychosis. Oh, it's yeah. It's a bit of a sloppy match. Yeah, side tries Hulker on top, but gets turned into Lion Tabor. Both ends slipped, and it did look a bit clumsy, but Jericho gets the wins. Indeed, yes, and we get Nitro Girls. Yeah, Nitro Girls. But Jimmy Hart out with Barbarian. Yes, Public Enemy out next, and it's Rocco Rock in singles action. And Tony talks about how great wrestling is and plugs the next paper you slam Well, Barbarian chokes Rocco Rock and powers. Ain't pretty. But it's effective. <laughs> Rocco Rock goes to the top, but it had no effect. Yep, Jimmy trips Rocco. And Humorous runs in to attack Barbarian behind the ref's back. Yeah, trash cab by Johnny on Hugh. And ref turns this into... A Norfolk Street Fight tag match. Public enemy with tag team moves on Jimmy, uh, but Jimmy Hart interferes. Yeah, gets put on the table, but Hugh gets put through it instead. The Barbarian with a big boot victory on Grunge. Again, not too bad. And Tony talks about Macho and Brett, and we yeah. get a video recap of that. Yeah, another video this time of Hoovy. And he's in action next versus Kidman. Started it, and both high-flying action here. Hoover on the top of Kidman. Oh, but Kidman with a low blow on Hoover. 
Oh. Set out powerbomb from the second rope. Going for the cover. One, two. Oh, oh but Juice kicks out. Uh-huh. Movie slammed down. Oh, and Kidman, Hilo, and over the top rope looking for the leg drop, but Juice moves out of the way. And Hooven 2 blocking all of Kidman's strikes, but Kidman, uh, but Hoovy turns it into a slam. Kidman with a backslide, looking for the Dragon Sleeper. Was it an inverted suplex? Oh, goes to the outside. Hoovy lands on the apron there. Now shoulder block. Springboards over the top rope, cross body. That's a nice picture. Oh, takes him down. But Kidman manages to kick out. Oh. And that Irish rip, but Kidman reverses. And a flapjack there. And a clothesline by Billy. So this is going up against nothing then, this two hours. Yeah, it's Tuesday. They're going to test him. We'll be thinking, oh, we don't want to wait his war anymore. We'll just go Tuesday. Now Kidman's got him. Superplex time. Juve fighting out, though. Oh, crutches Billy on the top rope. And now Guerrero, Hurricane runner off the top. Oh, and Kidman managing to kick out. Uh. Hoovy calling to the end. And a chop, but Hoovy with a back elbow. Kidman blocking it. Hoovy again. Hoovy driver. Oh! Kidman lands on his head. And now Hoovy going to go up. And we know what he <coughs> likes to hit up here. We know what he likes to do. 450. Oh, hits its mark. One, two, three. Beautiful there by Hoovy in a win. Showing his toughness, the warrior. And Billy Kidman again getting beaten up. I mean, that man takes a lot of beatings. <laughs> and sick boy. And Riggs out here. But Hoovy fighting them both. Oh, sends them to the outside. And now this is Horace Hogan's got him. Oh, my God. Throws him in. And now Reese hits him with a Punjabi plunge. Goes for the cover, but he's not in a match. You fucking idiot. Here we go. It's Booker T versus Eddie. Both of them making a mention. This should be a great matchup. Collar and elbow type to start. Eddie's been given Charvo shit. Well, now it's time for Eddie to back up his words in the ring. And now Eddie grabs a side headlock, but Booker pushed him off. Shoulder block down. Eddie seems startled. He don't want any of that. He's calling for a timeout. Booker's saying, no, bring it on. And Eddie having a chat with the referee saying, look, it's not really fair what he's doing. Because he's grabbing the hair and pulling him down. And that's what Booker needs to get the advantage of. So the referee then saying to Booker, did you do that? But Eddie Guerrero's complaining about it as if it's not okay to cheat to win. It's not Eddie's a fine young man who gets victories the right way. I've never seen him getting caught cheating here by the referee. So right at the moment, look at this, being caught in the armbar. Look at the way he nips up beautifully. Oh, gets caught with a heel kick from Booker though. Sends him back down to the mat. Now, Booker's going to take his time. Just come off a war, didn't he, with Chris Benoit. With new challenges maybe awaiting him, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, that's nice by Eddie going through the legs and then drop kicking him down. Eddie, nice suplex floating over, but can't get the pin on Booker. Well, maybe tonight Bret Hart will tell us why he did what he did. Also, Goldberg's going to be in action. and <laughs> It's going to be good. This match, Eddie's got Booker. Booker fight back now with submission. Where's Mongo McMichael been? I ain't seen him for a while. Well, thank goodness for small mercies, eh? And Eddie, short arm clothesline. Take Booker down. He's saying to Charvo, this is what you do. And look at this, stomping on his head as well. Don't get distracted though, Eddie. Booker T's a tough son of a gun. And as the commentator tells us, it's a special Tuesday edition. It's all NBA playoffs, apparently. Because we don't know what time they're going to be on and what time it starts. So it could be two hours on a Monday, an hour on Tuesday. But it definitely gives WF advantage, doesn't it, by able to keep the show going throughout this time and Nitro having to work around 
what else they're going to have on TNT. So it keeps the storyline going. But I still think it's been a good episode of Nitro. Because we talk about the ratings and everything like that afterwards. And said he stomps on the hand of Booker T. Now, nice back elbow, but Booker fighting back. Eddie Guerrero with the upper hand thus far in this match, showing Chavo how it's done. <laughs> it's exactly what he does for the referee. Poke to the eye. But we didn't see that, did we? It was just that that's how quick Guerrero is. And Booker now with a clothesline. Booker Irish ripping Eddie. Nice. Dodging that axe kick. Going for the Irish rip. Booker reverses. Oh, well, leapfrog there by Booker, but then Hurricane by Guerrero. Booker rolled through. Guerrero rolls through again. Foot on the ropes. Did he get the free count? No, the referee caught him. I think Chavo got the referee, uh, referee's attention. Oh! Booker T spinner rooned up to his feet, hit the axe kick, going up top for the missile drop kick. Well, if it wasn't for Chavo getting involved, Eddie Guerrero slowly gets to his feet. Drop kick. Booker go for the cover and the victory. You've got to think Chavo's got to be quite happy inside, don't you? I would have thought so, yes. So Booker wins it, Chavo checking on Eddie. Well, Marty Gennetti is out next versus Satin. Oh, that sounds like an awesome match. <laughs> <laughs> well, Satin attacks straight away. Gennetti tried, but Satin is pretty brutal. Yeah, Tony says we'll be on next week, but not sure when. It's always good, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, and Death Valley Driver sat in with the win. Well, Mean Gene in the ring, and he's introducing DDP. And last week, Raven ran away. Yeah, the only reason I did it is because he needs to experience the Big Bang Theory, apparently. <laughs> they should call a TV show that. Mm. Well, come on down and feel the bang. <laughs> well, here comes a flock. Kidman and Sick Boy are messengers. Because of a hurtful comment, his. A video. Well, what Paige did for his family, it's really personal, talking about kids and says it's over. Quote the raver more. Paige says he can't hear it, so he just diamond cut a sick boy. <laughs> he leaves through the crowd and uh, fan attacks Kidman. Yeah, but it's actually Canyon, and we saw him a couple of weeks ago. And Goldberg is next. So here comes Jerry Flynn, and he's a mean-looking motherfucker, isn't he? Look at that. He don't care. He's like, come on, bring it on. 77-0. and 0. Can Jerry Flynn, with his martial arts background, cause an upset? So, he was 76-0 and 0 last night on Nitro. Yep. And he's 77-0 and 0 tonight. That's weird, actually, isn't it? Unless they had a house show this morning. Goldberg sank the Titanic, Dan. 24K Goldberg. Goldberg's the man. 76-0. and 0. That's what Goldberg is right now. Beware of Goldberg. Goldberg is the man. Well, sorry, Goldberg is the man. So here comes Goldberg, the most enjoyable part of a Monday night show, barring a couple. And he's out here, US Tot on the line. Well, this could be difficult. And Joe Flynn, ooh, might be attacking Goldberg to start off with. United States champion, of course, beat Scott Norton last night. But Flynn getting in his face. This is going to be a very long match. Flynn there, back kick, getting the advantage early. Irish rip attempt, Goldberg comes out, ducks underneath him. <laughs> Flynn, miss, Flynn's a Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> Suplex by Goldberg. And he's saying, no, I'm going to just finish this now. Oh! Boom, runs through <laughs> Flynn. Oh! And now after the spear, Dan, what, what happens next? Hmm, well, James... <laughs> He jacks him up. Oh, my God. Uh... 
And <laughs> hammers him down. Oh. One, two, three. Dan, that was a big one. That was huge. Unbelievable, Bill Goldberg. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Absolutely impressive. It's Goldberg at his best. It really is. It really is. So it's Nitro Girls. Yay. Yeah. Nitro, Nitro, Nitro. You know how long Nitro Girls are for, Dan? How long are they for? For life. So Michael Buffer's in the ring for the big main event. Let's get ready to rumble. Monday, Tuesday, Nitro doubleheader. <laughs> Conan slipped. Hey, <laughs> you fucking wanker. I've got the largest arms in the world, and that is the largest arm in the world. Classic Scott Steiner. You see the big trophy coming out as well. So Conan nearly slipping, and Scott Steiner as well. Of course, alongside Vincent. Brian Adams. And Brian Adams. <laughs> I know I was watching. And Brian. Nitro continues next. Ladies and gentlemen, so welcome the former World Heavyweight Champion Sting, who's kind of been forgotten about since Starcade, bless him. This is Team WSW versus Team NWO. For life. Sting's not a happy man, coming out with Luger, and of course... The Giants. Yeah. So judging by Luger's NWO runnings, it should be a, a victory for the WCW representatives over... The NWO B squad? Yeah. C squad? C B squad, I think it'd be fair. C squad. And Luke coming out here joking around. Maybe thinks it's going to be easy tonight. Yeah, I mean, you've got the magnitude of Sting. Then you've got Conan, blah. Adams, blah. And Scott Steiner, maybe, yeah, in the B. Here we go. It's the NWO versus the WCW. It's the last match we've got to watch on these um, massive three episodes. Sting's ready for Adams and the fans. Definitely WCW. Oh, Sting going for the leapfrog. Brian Adams catches it. Inverted atomic drop there and great power from the big man. And now he's picking Sting up. Oh, big backbreaker. One. Oh, but Sting managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Scott kind of got close on, so Luger and Giant. Sting managed to get out a suplex attempt. Kick to the midsection and splashes Brian Adams' face into the mat. Well, Dan, anything I'll do, I'll do it for you. That's not Brian Adams, James. I don't want to miss a thing. Sting going for the Scorpion Deathlock. I don't want to miss a thing, Sting. <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing, Sting. But Adams getting to the bottom rope. Timeout. Adams is calling for a timeout. There's no timeout in Wars. Scott Stein making sure he's right, so is Vincent. Hey, your brother. Giant gets tagged in. It's big man versus big man. He was 450, now over 500 pounds. And Conan says, I want me some of... Giant. I tell you what, if Conan has on Giant, that's enough. So he says he's a member of the Wolf Pack, yet he's teaming up with Brian Adams, Vincent. So that means they're NWO Wolf Pack as well, then? I, I'm, 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 I'm not quite sure. No, I'm a little bit confused here. So is Conan, by the looks of things. He's on the apron, put it, complaining about his hair pull. Um, there's one problem with that, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's caught by the Giant. Giant with the uh, Batbreaker. Steiner tags himself in. Facing off with Luger, it's going to be a flex slash pose off. Oh, and the straps are down for Steiner. <laughs> Who's a bigger man? Scott wants to get it on. So does Luke. Luger's like, well, that's impressive, young man. Oh, Luger's like, mine's more natural than yours. <laughs> yeah. Now both men lock up. Oh, shoulder to shoulder, but not neither Manch. Luger this time running the ropes. Runs through Steiner. And for a second time. And he picks him up. Inverted atomic drop. 
Running the ropes and oh, Conan from behind. Gets knocked off the apron, but that gives Steiner a chance. Double underhook. He's going to try it on Luger. Oh, plants Lex. And look at Scott celebrating like he just won the World Series. And telling Giant to suck it. And Big Show saying you're that. Well, Scott is a monster. Look at it, Sting. And Sting wants in. And Luger doesn't want none of Sting. Uh, Steiner doesn't want none of Sting. But now he's going to concentrate on Lex Luger. Boots to the midsection. Punches away at his head. Scott tags in Conan. And now Conan in. And Luger managed to fight both men off. Well, he runs through Steiner. Shoulder barges Conan. Can he get a tag to either Sting or the Giant? Well, who would you rather tag? I don't really mind. You know, it doesn't matter really just whoever Flash Fresh Man is. Dis- dismisses from my own question. Oh. Wait. NWR making but Brian Adams is backing away. And he says, no, I don't want nothing to do with that. So- Why? Adams don't want to be a part of that, but oh, Sting's in. Catches them both with a Stinger splash. Conan's down, it's just Scott Steiner left of the ring. Vincent pulls him out, but he gets caught. Big Show chokeslams in from the outside. Oh! Into the ring. And the referee counting out Scott Steiner and Conan. And they're saying. Their hand as if they were victorious. Yeah, exactly. They're saying they're friends. And Vincent left playing. Brian Adams has walked out, and WCW look like they're together. But what about the NWO? There's certainly a lot of distinctions in the ranks of the new world order. Mm, doesn't look like it's for life at the moment. Looks like for everyone for themselves. Sting Giant Luger. Picking up Vincent. Picking up Vincent. They're going to fucking slime on him. Have you slimed yet, boy? <laughs> so we're, we're, at, we're back. And mean Gene Oakland is in the ring. He's not a hero, Dan, is he? He's a legend. And he wants the comments of Brett, the hitman heart. And he said he was going to wait until he's face-to-face with Hogan. And what? Are, why, Brett, why? What are the comments? We're going to find out right now. And that is the magic truth. <laughs> if I hear the magic truth of Brett, of Hogan. And here he comes. Does he? The World Heavyweight Champion for life. And here comes Bischoff with Hogan playing that belt. And of course, the disciple following him. He's had a fresh coat of paint, and he, Hogan? Oh, look, he's got the NWO belt. He is spray-painted that. He is disgraced another world title. Mean Gene saying the world's waiting, and Hogan, you'll take your time. So Brett wants to talk to Hollywood, someone he's looked up to for a long, long time. So Brett says Hogan... Brett says Hogan's the highest-paid wrestler in history. Most visible wrestler of all time? No, that's not right, is it? Most visually visible, recognisable wrestler of all time. Hogan says, I really appreciate you setting the record straight. And there's a big cheer going up. Hogan said, you tell it like it is. So the biggest reason he can beat him is... Oh, he's got Hogan's title. He's got Hogan's t-shirt on. Oh, Macho attacks Hogan. Uh, Macho attacks Brett. Before he even gets a chance to speak. Disciple and Hogan. And now... down Savage. Three and one assault. And Brett is going to help with the NWO. Has he joined the NWO? The rubbish comes in as Brett. Assault and Macho Man. And we go off the air and shocking there. We didn't really get an answer, but Dan, what are your thoughts on Nitro the past couple of episodes? Aside from the NWO stuff, I think it's been great. You know, it seems to be dragging out far too much. It, it, I don't know, it's just really confusing as well, the amount of twists and turns. I even think the NWO are confused as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's like we've got to divide a whole roster now 
of people that are in the NWO, if they're Wolfpack, if they're not. It's like, Brett, has he joined the NWO, hasn't he? What's going on with think here? It just doesn't make sense. But like I said, the storylines with Jericho, Guerrero, Goldberg, and everything else, it's been fucking brilliant. I think the NWO's really let it down, whereas over in Raw, the main of fucking, like, with Austin, you just want to know what's going on. Yeah. And you think if you put Austin in with what the undercard is in uh, WW, you would have had a show that would just be viewed by everybody in the world. Most definitely. I think the only thing that's letting WWF down is its actual wrestling quality. Everything yeah. else is absolutely spot on perfect. Yeah. Right, so TV ratings on this. On the 20th of April, Raw lost that week, 20th of April. Um, Raw got a 4.4. What did Nitro get? Nitro got a 5.1. And then a week later with the hour and two hour edition of Nitro's, that scored a 1.72, so not good at all. And Raw got a 5.7. So it just shows you people had a choice in Nitro and Raw. You know, there was like, what, nine, and then there was only six, so, yeah. Raw won big that week. So the war is going week in, week out between the two. Uh, I completely agree with you, but let's work it out, then. So we've got the, we've got the five-point system. We've got roster, promo, setting, and matches, and, of course, the rating of the show. That's out of ten. 10. And then we both get an overall, which should be 30 points for each show. We then add those points together, and then we'll get an outright winner for the month. So let's start then. We'll do Raw and Nitro. We'll do both at the same time and talk about each of them. So we'll start off with Roster. Do you want me to take Roster? Do you want to take Roster? You take Roster. Right. Start off with Roster. I feel that with WWE on the Raw, on the Raw. Raw, as we're seeing it, it's slowly getting better week in, week out. You know, kind of the people like Kurgan have been slightly used, DOA getting phased out, Truth Commission are kind of gone, and you're getting the kind of Degeneration X, the way they're teaming up together. That's looking good. You've got the nation there, they're forming the way they are. The main event scene with kind of the dude and everything that involved. Uh, I think it's really good. Comp- and I've always said Nitro's got the better roster, though. They've always got more people, got more talent. So I've got to give that accordingly to the score if you know what I mean uh, so I think for roster for me Raw I'm going to give it a 4 because it's improving but Nitro I'm going to give it a 4.5 what are your scores out of 5 for those two again with you know with what you're saying you've got the characters I think they're shining through a bit better so I'm going to have to agree with you on 4 for Raw but Nitro again it's got the Jerichos it's got the Guerreros it's even got the Booker T's Benoit's Goldberg's they, I think they've got such much more talent. It's just they're not u- being utilised correctly. So, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Four and a half. So then we'll move on to the promos for both shows. Promos. I absolutely think Raw are completely knocking it out of the park with this one. You've got the DX and the invasion angle. You've got the Austin. Even, you know, some of Dude Loves, I'm not quite getting, but it's, you know, it's still entertaining in there as well to see the three faces of Foley coming out of it. So I'm going to have Raw's a four and a half. And Nitro, it's it's same old, same old. You know, if Goldberg spoke a bit more, I think that would improve it. uh, Guerrero's not really saying too much. You know, all all his is more of his mannerisms and how he is with Chavo. The only person there keeping their head above water is Chris Jericho. And I'd have to give him, well, basically, Jericho is Nitro. I'm going to have to give him a three and a half. 
No, I completely agree with you. I mean, promos are thrown in, like, uh, the videos and stuff like this as well, that build up. And I think with Raw, every match and every feud has got a video that you can watch that makes sense and explains exactly the storyline that you're watching, even if you tuned in for the first time. Whereas in Nitro, you have no clue. It's like the start of fucking... We bring a pay-per-view into it, Spring Stampede. We had no idea any other people were involved, apart from Hogan, Nash, and Macho Man. Apart they didn't tell a story. And apart from the Jericho video they've had, you know, uh, that was the only good thing. We're in ring, Jericho's been his shining light, but over in Raw, like you said, you've got The Rock, you've got Triple H, you've got Steve Austin, you've got Vincent Mann hitting out of the park every time. So, yeah, for... Even Paul Bearer. Even Paul Bearer. So I give it a four for Raw for Pro Man. I give it two and a half for Nitro for a Pro Man. That's how bad I think it is. Uh, for setting, again, we've said this a lot, Raw needs to improve a little bit. It Still does. not that nice. I mean, the fireworks are okay. Once they move to start getting bigger arenas, once they get the black barricade sorted out around things like that, it'll be okay. That's a three for me. Nitro for me still better, so I gave that a four because obviously the setting's a little bit old, maybe a little yeah. bit with refurb, but like the Spring Stampede well, you've got, set. You've got to remember that we are going back 20 years. We haven't got the proper LCD yeah. screens. We haven't got, like, you know, the, the big bit in the sky that projects lights you know on raw they've got two blokes in town with shining fucking lights down yeah, on yeah them. exactly whereas the night shows more professional look and also spring stampede we had the kind of uh that kind of cowboy feel to it that yeah. i liked as well so i think that's why i've got to give it a, a full yeah um i'm gonna give three and a half for nitro and a two and a half for raw all right and then um matches i mean matches is quite a difficult one isn't it because i think it's obvious you think like WCW's kind of beaten Raw with matches, but again, a bit like um, with Roster, I think the matches are improving on Raw, you know? Well, with that, you know, you've got to weigh in the good with the bad for Nitro. I mean, for every Jericho versus Eddie Guerrero match, there's going to be an NWO heavy match. I know some of them, they can be surprisingly good, and a lot of them are over before they do any trouble, but every NWO match... It seems it always ends with interference and, you know, someone getting beaten down, the numbers game getting over on yeah, there. And, it, it, you know, on Raw, it's it's more of a cleaner finish. Yeah. But the thing I've done for that is I've kind of marked them down on the rating as opposed to matches. I'm trying to get, I'm going to give credit to like people like Booker T and Benoit this month and just mark the NWO shit down for their overall rating on the month, if you know what I mean. So, I completely agree with you there, but I think credit to the young guys who are kind of making me enjoy the wrestling more on Nitro than they are uh, Monday Night Raw. That's why I gave I gave Raw three and a half out of five. So, they are improving the matches, but Nitro still gets a solid four for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, three and a half for Raw, four for Nitro, because it is that, you know, the younger guys, I think if they had a show full of them... It'd be yeah. a million times better. All right, so then rating out of 10, 10 for uh, Monday month. I'd have to give it, uh, for this month, an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, that's fair enough. Any reasons why you gave Raw 8.5 out of 10? I think it's becoming more innovative. You know, we had the first ever uh, Inferno match. We had the first ever Bulls or some puppies. Uh, it's improving a lot, I think. You know, with especially with the change that happened after WrestleMania, it's you know it's starting to become fresher. It's starting to revamp itself. It's starting to get a bit more upmarket, and it's you know it is definitely improving. And you can tell that it's yeah. on its way up. I completely agree with you. Raw is getting really, really exciting now. We're getting introduction to everybody else. The Austin McMahon feud's been 
phenomenal it has. And we also, the DX, the kind of degenerates that we know and love, but they're kind of bringing a, a light side to it, even though they are peeing on bikes and doing stuff like that. But we know the kind of great stuff to come. I also agree with you. I gave it an eight and a half out of uh, ten for Raw. For Nitro, I said I was going to mark it down for what it did wrong, and I am. Uh, I think overall the show so disjointed as well with the kind of NWO heavy stuff. Like I said, if the Thunder was dom- it was dedicated for two hours of the Benoits and the Guerreros, then that would be the show that I'd be watching. But unfortunately, it's Nitro as well. So I'm going to give that a 7.5 out of 10. So a full, you know, that's a big markup when you think Raw got 8.5. Nitro's down on 7.5 out of 10 for me for the month. With Nitro, it is, you know, there is still some very good size to it. You know, you're seeing the Goldberg coming through, the strengths of him. You've got Jericho, who I think we've absolutely, you know, it's just seeing him coming into it and he's coming into his own. He's excellent on the mic, as he always, you know, as he as he goes on to be. But again, you know, the NWO's too confusing. It's got so many problems in itself. Bret Hart's even more confusing. Yeah. You know, and uh, you've got the Jim Knight Hart and Bulldog going against whoever they're going against. Yeah, it's the same. Henning's just playing out the same storyline, isn't he, with just Heart Foundation members. It is. I don't know. It's just getting like WWF was four or five years ago, which is, you know, I think they need to try and kind of move on from that. And they are in some retrospects, but in others, they've still got men like Hollywood Hogan, Savage, Piper, and that leading the show. And even their like their promos are, are really confusing as well. So yeah. I'm going to give that a seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you there. You know, I, I really do think that um, Nitro is 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 relying on its old self. And another thing I think I should uh, just want to say quickly is the fact that like maybe it's a week in week out. There's no pay per view goal. It's not a monthly goal. It's a week in week out thing with the ratings. I think maybe that's what costs Sting because it's like oh shit. We lost the war and Sting was world champion. So what we've got to do is change it up. Change the macho. i tell you what, we'll change it back to Hogan as well. Because when Hogan was champion, Hogan probably said that backstage. Look, brother, when I was champ, we never we won the ratings, you know. So we'll see now what Hogan has to say when the ratings keep dodging in and out, you know. And they have to rely on other people to get the job done. Right, so I just need some um, music, Dan, to work out the scores for Raw. Yep, I have. So I've got them. Got the scores for Raw, and I just need to work out the scores for Night. Just a bit more music, please. Yep. And I can announce after last month, Cersei, we have an outright winner this month. Wiener. We do. We do indeed. So, quite incredibly, we go through the scores. Um, I say, with Raw, worked out the scores each. So, both of us went four on the roster. You went four and a half on the promo. I went four. Setting two and a half for you, three for me. Three and a half both for matches, both eight and a half out of ten. Both overall for Raw this month is 23 each. We both scored at 23, so that gets points at 60. So, Nitro needs to beat 46. So I'll just run through my score correctly for Nitro. Four and a half for Ross. That's a good one. Two and a half for Promo. Four for Setting. Matches four. Rating seven and a half. That's 22 and a half. So a half so point a half less. A half behind at the moment. New Nitro scores. <clears throat> Your roster four and a half out of five. Promo three and a half. Setting three and a half. Matches four. That's really, really strong. 
you had your 7 out of 10. Nitro for you scored 22 and a half. Exactly the same as me. So that means, if my maths is correct, we had them together. Raw is on 46. Nitro got 45. So Raw is the winner for April. Hey. Well done, Raw. <laughs> so Raw wins. Not only the tide has turned for Raw here, but also on the WWE versus WSW podcast that we do on the WNL podcast. So that's it. Anything else about Raw Smackdown? I think, Raw Smackdown. Raw Nitro. I think we covered everything this month, haven't we? I believe we have, yes. So we'll be back next month for WWE vs. WSW in May 1998. We've got WSW uh, Slambury and we've got WWF Over the Edge 99. Next podcast is the WNL 156. 1998. Next podcast, WNL 156. Greatest ever Royal Rumble. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at WW Network Review or at Vince McMahon, w, uh, at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at Jay. We're across the Google platforms, WW Network Review on Google Plus. Send us an email at WNL Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with the WW Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WW Network Review Podcast. Clips going up there and podcasts go at the same time as other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Don't forget to follow Diddly, our music maker on SoundCloud. We're also on Spreaker Radio. We've got a live show coming up in June. And iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. That is it. Anything else, Dan? I have been James Rowlands. And as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. Bye. <laughs>